Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, everyone. Welcome to another round of Endurance Chat. Uh, this is the uh, Spod 24-hour 2022 special. Um, Cookie Monster FL, Austin, uh, here joined tonight with me uh, in U.S. time by uh, Chris Washer 97 uh, Chris, uh, we've got another uh, Endurance 24-hour classic on our hands, sir. Uh, welcome. Uh, glad you could be here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're about, uh, let's see, about nine hours away from the first actual on-track session of the weekend being free practice. And we had the parade downtown earlier today, uh, local time. It, it only expands on the hype for the race right now so far. I mean, we uh, we still have uh, the Stefan Hotel press conference is going to be in a few days. Which basically means it's kind of like IMSA State the series. They announced their schedules and any other nefarious plans they've been hiding throughout the year from the common peasants of sports car racing. <laughs> and then also, uh, in terms of supports, which we'll get to towards the end, we got like historic cars, Super Trofeo, other sports cars, Formula car. It's going to be a very exciting weekend, uh, you know, apart from even the 24 hours, which you haven't even talked about yet. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's one of the endurance classics throughout the year, so it's one that um, I, I feel like a lot of endurance fans of other um, classics, per se, maybe that's just cup of tea. I think everybody just tunes into the Spot 24. Um, it's got a unique uh, flair to it. It's a little bit similar to Nürburgring 24, but obviously different track. Um, you know, more Grand Prix circuit, So and just tons of cars on it, so you just the amount of frequency of cars coupled with that with you know, essentially being saloon slash GT racing over the years. Um, it's, it's built quite a reputation. It's put on quite a show and, you know, this year is going to be unique with the new, um, features of the track, but yeah, let's, uh, you know, like, I guess let's, let's describe a little bit too for spot 24, Chris, like, um, you know, every year is special or important and whatnot. And like I just said, with, you know, there's some track changes, but what makes this year, um, interesting to you? Uh, I think it's definitely the track changes. As the gravel traps, uh, in, in the top of my mind, uh, we got one at uh, at the outside of source, which means that people like previous years, they can't just go off if they make the turn wide like before. Um, there's going to be actual consequences for their actions this year, <laughs> um, which could also mean that, you know, um, inc- more incidents could happen. As Maybe, maybe that doesn't, uh, they don't learn fast enough, and their old muscle memory kicks in, and then, boom, there's an accident. They make contact. They're out in the gravel. They're stuck. Uh, that could lead to more full-course yellows and safety cars in the, in the race, um, which that's what's been feared with the gravel traps being added. More safety cars could happen as people can get stuck. Um, also, at the end of Speaker's Corner, um, there's some gravel, I believe. Um and then uh, also, I believe the bus stop also has some gravel if you go all the way towards the end of it. Um, but so yeah, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how the gravel plays out because there's some places where you couldn't you couldn't cut the track like you like you could the last previous years. I mean, I, I remember uh, recall the, the May race for for Wecht and uh, and just really how that led to, you know, that, that first lap incident with uh, one of the GT pro uh, cars where, you know, a cut tire essentially because they had to get back on track immediately and had contact with another GTE car. So, um, you know, you, you saw consequences of that too, but I, I think to your point, 
um, this is the necessary change that has to happen where, you know, there's that balance between, you know, what, um, what the goal is. And I think for, you know, there is a definitely a case to be said for pavement, but the way that spa is reincorporating certain other elements, um, to keep it safe. Um, but then also to legitimately punish without launching cars into the air, a la, uh, sausage curbs, um, some competitors that they go off the track and with the spot 24, like, you know, we'll get into it where, you know, it's similar to the Nürburgring 24. You have a ton of amateur drivers. You have a ton of kind of like, who's this guy kind of thing. And, uh, and they, they will, they like to find places on the track that no one else will find, uh, for good or bad reasons. So I think anything to keep them in the fences, uh, is a good thing. But I do want to say the gravel traps weren't, purely there for car racing. It was meant to bring uh, bikes back to the circuit, as we saw uh, first weekend of June, I believe it was, had the 24 hours of spa for the FIM Endurance World Championship, which is WBC equivalent to bikes. Uh, we had an excellent duel between Yamaha and BMW, which ended up in a BMW victory. Unfortunately, that race, I believe, basically had a red flag for the last couple of hours, and they had just a safety car to end it because of the huge deluge of rain that just happened on Sunday morning. But it, so, it was, it was to bring bikes back to the circuit. Uh, it was a su- success. It was a good race. Uh, but, and as we saw, WEC went there. They had the 25 hours of fun cup that went there. Um <laughs> So it's definitely not the first time a major endurance event at Spa will take place with these new changes in effect. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if the amount... I mean, we'll still get a fair amount of track uh, limit violations, but, uh, I mean, with the natural defenses now that some of these corners have, if I can put it like that, um, I feel like just the overall amount is won't be as noteworthy as it was previous when you get, you know you just had dozens upon dozens even after the first hour of... Uh, you know, track warnings and track violations and deletions over the race weekend. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. And, and again, just the, some of the, you know, the corner, obviously the overage ready on uh, rework is, is something to be, uh, you know, to take note of too. And, um, and yeah, so it's, it's always going to be a spicy race. Um, and, well, uh, you know, well, whether... you mentioned track limits. I, I yeah. want to say um, released by Vincent Bruin. I believe I got that Twitter handle correct. Um, he said there's a part in the regulations where it says all uh, all pro cars, all pro class cars will have a device, like a GPS device on their cars, specifically to detect track limits, while the other classes won't have to. Now, sports car racing, there is nuance, believe it or not. Some people immediately jump to the conclusion just because the other cars will not be fit with this device that they won't get pinged for track limits. They will. It will just be manually or uh, with cameras, and it'll be just like any other race before. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the new devices work. I thought they always had devices. I thought they always had uh, sensors in the cars. I think that was a thing they had for this championship, but I guess maybe I was wrong. Hmm. Uh so it's a new it's a new idea to detect track limits. We'll see how to wait. We'll, we'll have to wait and see how it works out. Well, I, I think it's a good idea. I mean, you know, not to say that pro drivers are going to be the most uh, you know holy of drivers uh, in the bunch when it comes to um, trying to get every ounce and tenth out of the uh, out of a lap time. But uh, I will say though that potentially in terms of like them testing it out and 
you know, then having to manually check and see if there is a discrepancy in error is probably better to do it with pro drivers than anybody else. So you're probably going to get clear and concise data from that than any, you know, and go from there. So I, I think it's going to be, I think that'll be good. And if it works well, it'll allow the opportunity to clear up some extra, you know, uh, I guess brain power a little bit for race control so that they can make, uh, I don't know, even maybe better, quicker decisions too. So I don't mind this kind of stuff. Uh, it's just as long as stuff to, doesn't get into a controversy and go haywire or something like that. But uh, there's always something new kind of at Spot 24. So, yeah. Anything anything else you got uh, you got for us, Chris, that uh, is piquing your interest? Or do you want to get on to the entry list? Uh, we got a big task of others for the entry list. So let, let, let's, let's crank this hog. All right. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, because this is uh, coming out a little bit late, uh, just for our standards, where we wanted this to come out, um, we're going to try to classify this as uh, under the different classes uh, that these uh, cars are going to be competing in. We'll start the lowest class, work our way up to pro category. Um, and then we can kind of go through a little bit of nuance potentially with the, uh, or just go more description, I should say, with the uh, classes too, if that needs warrant. I know the gold cup is a new cup, or a new class this year, I should say. So, but we'll, uh, with that being said, we'll start this off with the bronze cup category and uh, a wholesome two, two cars in this class. Um, and they'll have a they'll give us a heaping battle. Uh, the number twenty uh, SPS Automotive Performance uh, entry that's a Mercedes AMG GT3. Uh, George Kurtz, Valentin Pierberg, Tim Miller, and uh, Rima Jufali. And then I'll just say the other one too. The number uh, thirty-five Walkenhorst Motorsport with Henry Walkenhorst, Don Yont, and uh, York Brewer and Theo Overhaus. Which one of these two do you think is going to probably fare better than the other one, Chris? Uh, it's definitely going to be the SPS automotive car. Let's, yep. take, let's take a look at the let's take a look at the history of the stats. Uh, George Kurtz just won a GT World Challenge America race last weekend at Watkins Glen, race number two, uh, and that was overall, not just in his I believe yeah pro am class. He won hmm. overall, uh, passing Russell Ward for the win. Um, and, and he's not. That bad. I know he does uh, Thunderhill uh, every year, or, or at least used to in the Radicals. Um, and then you have Valentin Pierberg, which is an international GT Open driver, which I would presume for SPS Automotive. Ted Mueller, uh, he did some Corventic stuff before. He's another bronze. And then Rima Jufali is another international GT Open. He's She's paired up with international, uh, Adam Christodoulou, another Mer- a great mm-hmm. Mercedes driver. Yep. And she is also one of the six women in the field, and she's also from Saudi Arabia, promoting women in motorsport in the country. That's awesome. Uh, so, so tell me, Chris. So, with this class, what what specifically separates Bronze Cup from the other classes? Just for just for some layman's sake here. Yeah. So, um, for Spot Twenty Four, every single every single car in this race is GT three. Where you know, if if you take a look at any other endurance race, there's a clear cut um, of different types of cars. Every everything's at G, everything's at GT3 here. So what they do is they separate classes by driver ratings, driver rankings, basically you know, driver abilities and stuff. So Bronze Cup, and we'll explain what each class does as we go as we get through each class. Uh, for bronze cup, you have to have if you if it's a three driver lineup, it has to be a bronze full stop. But if you have a fourth driver, you are permitted the silver. Mm. 
So there's almost the incentive to go four drivers, brought three bronze went to silver. So you just get that yeah. extra push bank maybe. And, okay. And while we're on it, uh, let's talk a bit about the 35. Yep. I was going to ask I, you. I, I, I don't think I like this car purely for the <laughs> fact Donald Yount is in this car. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I know there is, but uh, why don't you? Uh, why aren't you a fan of the of Donald Young? He's very slow. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> He's like what? Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, going through bronze test results, he he was one of the slowest drivers in that test. Well, he's just he's, he's taking it slow, Chris. You know, I can't put a can't, can't put a pass him too much on the Hold test. On. I got I got the results <laughs> right here. He is. He, he was the slowest. Ah. Was eight seconds off the pace. And it wasn't even hyperbole. Okay, Chris. Okay. All right. See, so that's a okay. That's a solid argument then. All right. So, have, uh, uh, easy money potentially on the number twenty out of this two uh, two car class uh, between the twenty car and the thirty five car. So that uh, unfortunately that wraps it up kind of for bronze cup. Uh, but we'll uh, <laughs> the other the other. Uh, categories have a little bit more uh, variety to them and uh switching to the next step from bonds cup is uh shock and awe uh, silver cup uh this is probably not uh gonna be just all bronze with one silver right chris uh basically um actually cookie let's do let's do pro-am next oh okay yeah we could do okay yeah let's take dabby's Okay, well, all right, we'll do Pro Am. Uh, give me a Silver sec. Cup, you, because Pro Am has to have bronzes in it, so I think that. Oh might... yeah, yeah, okay. Because I, I, I was thinking one of them had it like that, so okay, we'll do that. And uh, so yeah, so in to recap, bronze has got. Uh, so I'll just uh, well, whatever. Sorry. Um, and yeah, that's it for bronze category we've got two cars in that uh it looks like it might be easy money on the mercedes so we'll see uh we'll go up the skill ladder shall we say um and switch to uh, from bronze cup to pro am cup and uh chris what are the differences between bronze and pro am so with with, uh, with the pro am cup uh you must have two bronzes but then your other driver or your other two drivers, depending if it's a three driver or four driver lineup, uh, it's it's free choice, which means you can have two platinums in that driver lineup if you really want to. Interesting. Okay, so there's definitely going to be a pro am like heavy pro am mix even within the uh, the the I should say the cars too, where you can have two pros and two ams. Okay, interesting. All right. Well, with this one, we've got a few more cars. And uh, starting us off, we've got uh, car number nine, uh, Herbert Motorsport. Uh, it's the Porsche 911 uh, GT3R, first of four of these Porsches in the Pro-Am Cup. Uh, Ontario's Al, Kevin C., Dylan Pereira, and Jackson Evans. I'd say this is actually not too bad of a lineup. Because, let's take a look here. Uh, well, and Terrace Al, I, he's definitely going to be the weak point, I think. Last uh, last week, he was racing uh, in British GT um, in with the Herberth GT4 just to get track time. So it, it'll be interesting how he does in a GT3 car. I don't remember him really doing anything else. 
Um, Kevin Say, he is he at least has GT3 experience. I believe he raced at Spa before. Um, only uh, person from Macau on the grid. Uh, raced with uh, uh, Sky Tempesta in the Mercedes for the first couple of uh, uh, British GT rounds. There is. Um, and then Dylan Perrier and Jackson Evans, they race in the WEC and GTEM. Um, I want to say with Dempsey Proton. Um, and also probably some e- uh, Jackson Evans, he might do some ELMS stuff as well. Um, Jackson Evans actually came through the Porsche uh, Australia ladder. Um, He's a New Zealander, came, right, I think? Yeah, he, he was pretty dominant in Porsche sprint challenge and then he did the Porsche Carrera Cup I'm sure and then he made his way over to Europe and now he does some Porsche Carrera Cups from time to time and then uh, does races like this so he's definitely moving up the ladder he's uh I would say he's pretty good and definitely a person to keep an eye on uh this one should be good and it's gonna be a striking car on track you can't miss it it's gonna be uh their Asian Le Mans series livery if you don't know it's gonna be like a kind of darkish purplish color it's going to look fantastic. Uh, and before I get maybe a little, another extra opinion on how this car might do, let's talk about its sister car, uh, jump to car number 24. Um, it's another Porsche 911. Uh, Nikki Lutweiler, uh, Stefan Aust, uh, Alessio Piccarello, and uh, Nico Menzel is going to be driving that car. What are, your, uh, what are your thoughts on this lineup and how it stacks to the uh, car number nine of Herbert Motorsport? Uh... It's the, I, I think it could be one of the weaker lineups. Well, not the weaker lineup. I think it's the weaker lineup in the Herbert Motorsport stable uh, in this class. Because Nicky Lutweiler was, uh, if you don't remember, he was the one that crashed out of WEC qualifying last year at Spa. Mm, okay. Um, he's generally not known to be consistent. Um, Stefan Ost, uh I can't remember if he's responsible for the team Oust Motorsports. Um, it would make sense. Um, but although they do run Audis, and this is a Porsche, so it could be a completely different uh, person. But then you got um, Alessio Piccarello, which races, I believe, for Absolute Racing in the LMS Championship. Um, and raced with Asia for Audi for a long time with their uh, spec series and then you got nico menzel who raced it with porsche in the number 24 with huber motorsport i believe probably won a pro-am class with them so we got two very uh good drivers and then you got two kind of unknowns mm. interesting so you would as far as you could tell right now for driver lines you'd probably take the nine over the 24 for the for... Uh, yes i would okay all right <clears throat> interesting all right so We'll continue the Porsche train, uh, this time with a new uh, team, uh, Earl Bamber Motorsport, uh, driving, like I said, a 911 GT3R. Uh, again, this is in the Pro-Am Cup, just to let everybody know. Adrian Da Silva is driving with Brenton Grove, uh, Stefan Grove, and Matt Payne. Yeah, so uh adrian da silva is full-time racing in gt world challenge uh asia with the same team they also he has also been on the race a couple of creventic races here and there um so ebm is racing in creventic he usually follows suit 
Um, Brenton and Stephen Grove are a father-son duo. They usually race in GP World Challenge Asia together. Um, just, in, in that series, they aren't too bad, but once again, that's kind of like a big fish in a little pond. As GP World Challenge Australia has like is a pro-am series. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then you got uh, uh, Matt Payne, but she is on people's radars this year because he is uh, a Super 2 Series race winner. And for those who don't know, it's the Super 2 Series is basically like the Xfinity Series uh, for the V8 Supercar Championship. Okay, okay. Then he's been he's been turning some heads. What was that? Oh, sorry. I was <laughs> I was asking if he's been turning some heads. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. No, that's fine. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Go ahead. I was gonna say we could get back in the top. I my my earbuds uh, shifted, so I didn't hear anything for a second. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh. Let's see. Just go back to Earl Bamber. Just start from the top for a 16. Is that what you want to do? So, yeah. So, the uh, number 16-year-old Bamber car, Adrian Da Silva, he races full-time for the uh, NGT World Challenge Asia for this very exact team. Uh, if if also do, They also do Creventic sometimes. And if that car is entered, he's usually there to follow suit. Brenton and Steven Grove, they're a father-son duo. Um, they usually are found racing in either Porsche Cup or uh, GT World Challenge Australia, which they have, I believe, got a couple wins in that championship. And then you got Matt Payne, who's been racing in uh, Super 2, which is basically the V8 supercar equivalent of, like, Bubble 2 or the Xfinity Series. And it's been, he's been winning a couple races over there. Um, I can't remember if he's in the championship hunt or not, but I know people are, are – Kind of impressed with them so far. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how this lineup goes. It's very exciting, very Australian-centric. Um, actually, uh, for the Bathurst 12-hour, the Grove Racing Car crashed up at Skyline. And there was talk about, you know, keep in mind this was all the way in May. It was like, oh, we we're going to race to spot 24, but we need a new chassis, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I would I would wager that they probably found a new chassis yeah. <laughs> uh, over in Europe because uh, with the whole shipping uh, and how prices are and how long shipping is taken, uh, I don't think they got that chassis fixed and then put on a boat to Europe that fast. No. So I would I would wager they're getting some help by their friends uh, by their friends uh, Herbert Motorsport. Awesome. And let's see. Uh... Between, uh, let's see, so we got Herbert Mosport and Earl Bamber. I, we'll, you know what? We'll finish off the list uh, with a Porsche 911 uh, here. We'll talk about uh, the owner of uh, Earl Bamber Motorsport, shock and awe, is uh, Earl Bamber. He's driving, actually, for the number 39 car next on our list. Uh, Signal Racing Team TP12. Um, he's got some co-drivers. Uh, Tanart, uh, Sathin Therakul, maybe? I might have got that right. Uh, Christoph Haman and uh, P.T. Maybe that that could be close. That could be close. Uh, I tried to do some of these names, but then on the fly or like, uh, you know, right when you're at, like trying to pronounce it, then you get all gummed up. So that might uh, that might be the worst of the, this evening, but we'll see. How do you feel about these uh, these drivers, Chris? And uh, do you think they're as good as their long and hard, difficult to pronounce names uh, lead on uh, on the track? 
so I want to say these are uh, Thailand Super Series drivers because I think this is the same team that won the Teamers Championship last year in that in that series. Because last year, if you don't remember, uh, Thailand Super Series had Christmas Day racing, and Earl Bamber was a big part of that uh, racing for that team to get the Teams Championship. Um, now, this is not the first time this year that Earl Bamber has raced with this team. Uh, they did the International GT Open Spa Endurance Round, which was like a two-hour and ten-minute race because they got like weird formats and just combined race one and two together. Um, they didn't do too hot. I don't think they even finished the race. I think Earl Bamber was in the car, and he made a very ascending uh, move on the inside of uh, the corner after Lacombe's uh, and got himself stuck in the gravel. Um, hopefully they learned from that. Uh, but then you got Christophe Hamon that's in the car, which I want to say is a French GT4 driver. Um, that's going to be interesting. So, yeah, and the reason Earl Bamber is racing this car because this team is uh, basically being prepped by Earl Bamber Motorsports. It's just under the different team name. Gotcha. Yeah, and uh, again, that would be almost for the confusion of like, oh, Earl Bammer driving for this random team versus his, and it's still still uh, service too with his with his guys. So um, that's the Porsche fleet for uh, for Pro Am Cup here. The four entries. Uh, we're going to move on to uh, entry number fifty two. And if anybody in sports car world knows the entry number fifty two, it's kind of synonymous with uh, with one make and uh, and team. And that's A.F. Corsa um, driving a Ferrari four eight eight GT three. Uh, Stefano uh, Constantini, uh, Luis Macalis, uh, Andreas uh, Andrea Bertolani, and uh, Alessio Rivera. Yeah, so obviously, um, basically a full time lineup for GT World Challenge Endurance Cup. Uh, Louis Michels has been in Pro Am Ferraris for as long as I remember in this championship. Um, uh, one thing that they got a massive pickup, though, was Alessio Rivera. Oh, my God. That's a huge uh, pickup for that team. Um, for those who don't know, I believe he races the AF Corsa LMP2, um, which has had some successes. Um, I also want to say he was part of the winning lineup last year for the Spa 24. Um which, if you don't remember last year's Spa 24, they had a wild, crazy pass on the outside of Blanchemont in the rain with less than 10 minutes left. Um, so, yeah, if, if, that, if that's the case, this is a great pickup and extremely expand their chances of a win. Really? So that that high of a uh, upgrade with uh, Alessio? Hmm? Do you think he's... I would say so. you think he's... Uh, has a potential at the hypercar ride for Ferrari? I think they want to, I think they said they do go with their GT program, mm -hmm. which is like their current WEC drivers. Yeah. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I do think that if he does get in, uh, he'll, he'll definitely deserve it. Interesting. Well, yeah, more to look forward to, and we'll hopefully see this one at the top of its classic Pro-Am Cup. Uh, next okay, up... Let me, oh, uh, yeah. He was not part of the winning lineup last year. He was... Um, hold on. Got to make sure we're right, Chris. Got to make sure. Check those, check why, those I sources. I thought he won last year. 
Well, not everybody can win, Chris. All right. Yeah, that's how that's how races work now. <laughs> Let's do okay. Let's we can cut that part out then. Ah, it doesn't hey, whatever. Oh, okay. He he was part of the same lineup last year. In Pro Am and he came second. So I'm okay. gonna, I'm gonna take that from the top. Go for it, buddy. And then uh, we got uh, Alessio Rivera. He's, he's a massive pickup for the team. Now, he was with this team last year, and he came in second in the class. And he also does uh, uh, LMP2 for a- the AF Corsa car. And if I remember correctly, they do get some successes um, in ELMS and WEC. Uh, and he, he's going to be an interesting one to watch. He's definitely the strongest one in that lineup. Yeah, and, you know, you he's had a lot of experience, you know, even sort of in other series as well, especially in other makes for AF Corsa, um, driving LMP2 as well. So, and we were saying before, before um, you know, before, you're thinking probably just could stick with GT for now. Obviously, with the WEC Ferrari drivers going, probably going to get LMH. But, you know, is he probably one of the younger crop that could, uh, you know, if there's some staying power, could he maybe get go to LMH? Do you think he's... He's got the talent to do that. I I think it might be too early. Um, obviously, well, he'll have the prototype experience, but they I think they came outright and said they're going to go with their GT talent, which I'm going to presume is their uh, GTE program. I mean, um, when, once he's once he's ready, you know, once the door is, oh, you know, do you think that he's going to, you know, could he possibly be? Uh, I don't know. Um, trying to think of a a young upstart driver that's pretty good, but. Uh, you know, does he does he have the talent where he could be not a Christian Tom Christensen, but could we be talking about him potentially in something like that or like a Kevin Estrin GT? Uh, where do you think you see him kind of? Because I I'm only asking because you seem very uh very excited by by him and his prospects. So just trying to trying to gauge where you're thinking he he's going to end up and do well in. I I would love to see him first like uh first uh first year out but i don't know if ferrari feels the same way because they i think they want to go with their gt drivers first now they've been loyal to them all this time where they could have you know um jump ship to another uh team or 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 whatever manufacturer that could promise them a hypercar seat um so i i think we're gonna have to wait and see on this one okay okay gotcha Interesting, interesting to hear. Just, just because I the, and again the reason why I ask a lot of this too is just because we're we're on that cusp of having just so many potential ride opportunities, um, and a lot of it has just been like, okay, well, you could go in LMH, you can go or LMP one, you go LMP two, but there's also a whole GT career, especially if you want to be a factory driver. And um, I'm curious to see kind of where the the younger talent that in the next five ten years could be a multiple Le Mans overall winner in the LMH or in the prototype category, or if, you know, a lot of these potentially really good drivers are going to stick in GTE and try to, you know, or a GT, I should say, and try to make a career that way. So I, I guess that's why I pose the question. Cause I'm, I'm curious to, to see where your thoughts are. Cause a lot, again, like, a lot, like I said, a lot of times, even before this, if, if he's a Ferrari GT driver, he's probably just going to be a Ferrari GT driver, but I think there's so many opportunities now for these really top flight GT drivers to go to prototype that 
it's almost worth an ask for these younger talents to, to go, hey, do you think do you think he's going to be satisfied driving GTs? Or do you think that, you know, at some day, do you think he's going to try to go prototype? Because it, it's a legit question now instead of just like, oh, is he going to stick with endurance racing or not? And it doesn't matter if it's GT or, or prototype. So, I don't know, just a little little side note to that. But uh, anyway, we'll move on so we don't, <laughs> we don't make another three-hour podcast. But uh, uh, car number 75, uh, this is a Mercedes. Uh, Sun Energy 1, it's also a... a, a the Sun Energy and number 75, very synonymous, too. So you can almost take a guess at that. Uh, driver lineup, another four-driver four lineup. Uh, Martin Conrad, Kenny Habul, Philip Ellis, and Dominic Bauman. What are your thoughts, Chris? So uh, this is the uh, Bathurst 12-hour winner uh, from this year. Um, I'll try to get the exact driver lineup in a second. Um, but, yeah, Kenny Habul, uh, I believe um, – Mikel Grenier is part of that winning team. But facts are facts. I think they're in the lead for the Intercontinental GT Challenge Championship, uh, for which, you know, us Americans, we've seen uh, Sun Energy 1 before mm-hmm. in NASCAR and also in IMSO with the Rolex 24 Health. Sun and and Australians, too. Race. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. With uh, Chase Elliott. I think it was part of Chase Elliott's first win. Yep, it um, was. Uh, so Martin Conrad and Kenny Habul are the only part of that lineup uh, from Bathurst. Uh, so Philip Ellis, which who also won last week at Watkins Glen, came second overall, but won in the pro class in GT World Challenge uh, America uh, with uh, Windward Racing, who's also racing this weekend. And then you got Dominic Bauman, which I believe he did some Lexus stuff before. Um, in the international GT Open, but now he's a Mercedes guy, uh, and he's definitely not too shabby either. Uh, for Pro Am Cup, I, this could be interesting. Um, obviously, like Bathurst, they do not have a chance for an overall win, my opinion. Uh, but uh, this should be an interesting class to keep an eye on. Yeah, and definitely some familiar faces uh, and familiar liveries for uh, for a few people. It's it's got that. Uh... What is it the the the, B, uh, the BWT uh, livery kind of esque to it where it, it, it kind of follows Kenny around, but uh, beyond that, it's uh, yeah I look forward to it and uh, hopefully this stays out of trouble. Sometimes uh, the Sun Energy One car likes to find trouble, so we'll see. Uh, last on the uh, Pro Am Cup list here, we've got a Garage Fifty Nine, and uh, you got to know that that's going to be a McLaren Seven Twenty S. Uh, car number 188, uh, Enrique Chavez, uh, Miguel Ramos, uh, Alexander West, and Dean McDonald is the driver lineup here. What are your thoughts, Chris? And who, who, give me a prediction for Pro-Am after you tell me a little bit about the uh, Garage 59 entry. Yeah, so Enrique Chavez, uh, I believe he's on the amateur racers. He did race in WEC with uh, TF Sport. Um, won last year's uh, GT World Challenge Europe uh, Sprint Pro-Am Championship with Barwell. Um, also won the 2020 Inter- International GT Open Championship with a McLaren. Uh, so he knows his way around this race car. Um, and then you got Miguel Ramos, who's also been around um, racing. I would assume racing with him. Um in fact, I believe this is probably just the same team that did the Barwell car last year. Um, 
I switched over to Garage 59. Um, but yeah, Miguel Ramos, another one of those international GT Open guys who I remember him from. I believe he's also last year's champion in uh, Pro-Am. And then you got uh, Alexander West. He's a Swedish money man. And they got Dean McDonald, which ju- he, he was just out of karting last year. Uh, he was racing in the GT4 European Series in 2021 with United Autosport and even grabbed the win. So did I believe I would say this is his first major GT3 race. Man, yeah, that's going to be a trial by fire a little bit, but uh, <laughs> we'll see how this uh, we'll see how it goes, especially for Garage 59 Legendary Team. Uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, Chris, like I asked before, what uh, give me a, give me a pick for uh, for winner here for uh, Pro Am Cup? Hmm, I'm trying to. I think I'm gonna go with. I don't know. I keep looking at drivers that see that one bronze driver that could make kind of that could pose a problem for the lineup. I'm like, eh. <laughs> and you look I, I, I think I'm gonna go with Sunner and G1. Interesting. Okay. You think the uh, experience potentially will pay off there? Yeah, I, I, I honestly do think so because I mean. The rest are people that like I. They don't really strike me. Like I've either I never really heard of them. I know they they're most likely the full time entries, um, full time racers for the team in the in the in the series. But uh, the, there's more name recognition for the Sun Energy One card. I know more of what they can do. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Habul, Team Habul. Hey, it would be it would be a good uh, class victory for him. I mean, get a class victory in spot twenty four, especially for for that team and Kenny. I mean, why not? It'd be a good story. So, happy for it. And uh, moving with that, I'll say, uh, moving on to the next class, we've got uh, this has got even more cards in it, uh, Chris. So we just keep uh, we keep expanding the roster here. Uh, moving on to Silver Cup. Uh, this got, like I said, quite a few cars. Uh, and why is that, Chris? What makes this class so appealing? Well, in this lineup, uh, in the silver class, uh, the maximum for every single driver in your lineup uh, has to be silver. Um, so you can go below silver if you want to in this class uh, and still enter. It just doesn't really make any sense, really. Uh, you can enter a different class and be more competitive. So every, pretty much everyone here, um, you know, you would think it would be all silvers uh, to be the most competitive they can be. Gotcha. And would you see more in this? And then again, this would be more of like a class for, shall I say, like paid driver sort of thing, or will this still include, or are, are we still seeing young guns ranked as silver jump in these cars too? Um, or what? What's the general driver makeup before we get into this? So, so silver is uh, it's a huge mix of young drivers making it out, and also I, I think I can't remember if both formula drivers are also classified as silver. Um, and then they got you know the the, the, the super silvers or the sneaky silvers, I like to call it, um, where it's kind of like a, a pro driver, but they haven't done enough yet. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But another person, um, I think an example of a young gun, uh, it could be uh, 
showed through the first car in the lineup we have here, the number three good speed uh, Mercedes. Uh, this is going to be, if I remember correctly, the pink car? Not the BWT sponsorship. It's, it's going to be a more uh, darker pink. Jeff Kingsley, uh, Valdemar Eriksson, and Sebastian Vald. Valdemar Eriksson was racing Danish Formula 4 just three years ago. And now he's doing GT3s full-time. He was with WRT last year. Even racing the Danish Endurance Championship last year. So still making time out of his uh, busy year to compete in the homeland. And now he does uh, get speed with uh, SRO full-time. Jeff Kingsley did some IMSA stuff. You know, yeah. I know he was a... Uh, Porsche Carrera Cup driver over here on this side of the world. Um, I believe also some Michelin pilot races as well. And I may, and I, by my mind doesn't deceive me, also some GTD races. That makes sense. I've definitely seen, I've, he's been around in Ferrari. That's a familiar name for sure. And Sebastian Bowden, anything about him? No, Sebastian, Sebastian Bowd is interesting. Um, yeah. Sebastian Bowd is interesting because uh, I've never heard of that name before. Um, so I don't really know what to expect of him. What I can probably assume um, is going to be the full-time entry. Um, he's racing full time this team, so he's definitely not new, but it's definitely a name I have not really uh, been striked in my mind before. So it's gonna be interesting to see how he does. Hmm. Yep, and that's the that's the Mercedes AMG Get Speed number three. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll move on to the, the car number four uh, on our list here. Help Racing, uh, yeah, Help Racing team uh, driver lineup: Jordan Love. Uh, Janice Fitch, uh, Elaine Valente, and Frank Bird in the Mercedes AMG GT3. Yeah, so um, uh, Jordan Love also came up from the Porsche Australia ranks. Uh, he was racing the Porsche series over there. Also does uh, Porsche Cup races here. Um, I also forgot to mention uh, in the in Jackson Evans, he also did uh, Falcon Mars Sports and LS and the Brewing 24. Uh, I just want to bring that one fact up because uh, it's cool that Falcon Mars Sports still exists and you know it's kind of uh, it's kind of uh, this is uh, has some relevance to what we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Love obviously made the switch from Porsches to Mercedes, um, and has been with helped uh, for this year. James Fitcher, I believe, races, um, I want to say ADAC GT Masters. Because um, I do remember him seeing him around and seeing that name in that in those graphics, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got Alain Valente, a Swiss driver. Uh, he is actually um, racing in International GT Open as well in the Mercedes. Um, with some uh, a team called Team GT. Original name. Uh, <laughs> not much success from his stats, from what I'm seeing. Unfortunately, um, he did do you know 
domestic and um, other GT3 stuff before. So it's not going to be new to the car. And then they got Frank Bird, um, who raced at Spa before this year with the same team uh, as in the International GT Open event. And Frank Bird has always kind of been around this team uh, for as long as I remember. Um, I don't. He's not. He, I, I don't think. I don't know. He's kind of like a middle of the road. He hasn't. There's nothing that I can remember about him that like in, in my mind that goes, "Wow, that's impressive." But I also don't remember him being shocking either. So uh, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, that's that's depressingly average then. <laughs> No, 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 nothing noteworthy to say on either side of the spectrum. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, we got about uh, is the second of five Mercedes uh, AMGs that are in the silver coat class. Um, we'll move on to another make here. Number 11, uh, Tresser by Car Collection. Uh, that is the team name. Uh, we got our driver lineups for Daniela uh, Diamato, Lorenzo Petrezzi, Alberto De Foco. And uh, Pierre Alexandre Jean, and uh, yep, they're driving that R, 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 yeah, Audi R8 LMS Evo 2 GT3. Gotta say the whole thing. I like this for line, Chris. I know, I know you're gonna talk about Lorenzo Patrese, so let's uh, let's get him out of the way first. Yeah, so he's the son of Formula One driver Ricardo Patrese. Um, he did uh, was racing Italian Formula Four just as soon as last year. Um, as unfortunate as the sum that he might not make a career of Formula One, bring back the Patrese name in Formula One, uh, he decided to take his talents to sports car racing, which this year he has been um, obviously a full-time with this team and also been racing, I believe, an Italian GT uh, in his spare time. Um, and you got the other guys, uh, I want to say, uh, Daniel Diamato is also an Italian GT stalwart. Uh, Alberto de Foco. Also, then you got Pierre Alexandre Jean, which uh, just last year or the years prior, uh, he was racing in the CMR Bentley um, as as the way he was racing. So making the switch from Bentley to a Ferrari, uh, Audi, sorry. I, I, I assumed Italians and Ferrari. Well, well, we also have a little Excel spreadsheet, and I've got the Audi marked as red, but it's not scarlet red, Chris. It's not scarlet red. It's a, it's a brighter oh, yeah. red. So that, that's shame on you, sir. Shame on you for getting distracted by the color. <laughs> oh, man. But, so, yeah, is going to be interesting. I don't remember how well uh, this Silver Cup lineup did in the previous two races. Um, they've never, um, never really stuck out on my radar. Um, but I don't also remember. I don't also remember getting remember them getting to any accidents or something. So uh, hopefully Patrese, hopefully Patrese does them good. Um, I'm excited to see what this lineup takes. But there's definitely going to be stronger ones out there. I think. Yeah, that, that was my thought too. And uh, likewise with the Mercedes, we've got another uh, four. Uh, yeah, we got another four Audis to cover in this uh, class as well. So like I said, this is a much larger class than the other two that we talked about. So. Moving on, uh, we're going to keep it within the uh, Volkswagen Automotive Group uh, car uh, umbrella uh, with a Lamborghini Huracan. Uh, number 14 and a very well-known sports car racing team, Emil Frey Racing, is servicing this car. Uh, three drivers for this lineup, uh, Stuart White, uh, Tuomas Tejula, or Tejula, I don't know, uh, and Con- uh, Consta 
Lapalinen. Yeah, Lapalinen. so um, Stuart White, um, I, he was racing in, he's a South African. Uh, he's obviously full-time with his team, as most drivers are. If, if they're racing, they're most likely full-time with the team for the Endurance Championship. Uh, he also raced with CMR last year, but I presume it was just for Spa. Um, oh, wait, no, he was, was full-time. Um, also, he did, just three years ago, he was part of the, you know, trying to make it the Formula One, but uh, his career, his ambitions died at French F4. It's kind <laughs> of a sad statement. Um, he was also first in the South African Polo 1600 Championship in 2018, which I probably watched him do that. Because <laughs> I watched that championship during that time. Um, Thomas Diallo, um, Finnish driver. Um, it's, I don't know, I never really saw heard about him much before. I do remember uh, a bit from his other Finnish counterpart, Costa Lapalainen, because that's the ADAC GT Masters driver for um, ML Frey. And he he's kind of I don't know he's never struck me as the driver because um, every time I remember him watching ADAC this year he's kind of been either kind of middle of the road or kind of below half you know half the average of the grid if that makes sense I don't mm -hmm. know because every time I've seen his name it's kind of been below um, it, I I. It, I don't know. He he did make some. I think it was um, Usher and we'll talk about his other part, uh, other uh, teammate Arthur Rogier, um, in a second, um, coming up. And it's in a different class. But I do remember him doing some impressive stuff there. But what? But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I think this is going to be the uh, as 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 it implies the weaker of the animal fray lineups. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, this isn't the strongest Lambo lineup in this class either. Would you agree? Nah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's the uh, number 14 entry for ML Frey. They've got a few more entries come up, so don't uh, don't think that that's the only time we'll be mentioning them. Uh, next on our list is the number 22, uh, Allied Racing. It's a Porsche 911 GT3R. First time we're going to see one of these in Silver Cup. And uh, driver line is Patrick Mathiasen, Dominique Fischelli, uh, Joel Sturm, and Vincent Andronaco. Uh, uh, let me rephrase. Consul Apollinen does have an overall win in ADAC. Oh, my, my. Uh, Mandela <laughs> effect. I thought it was bad. Um, okay, that makes more sense. Um, he took a pole to pole to checkered flag uh, victory and Zandvoort for race one. Uh, that was about a month ago. Um, okay, so I, was, uh, I wasn't taking recent events into account. God, God. <laughs> well, <laughs> want me to start from the top then on 22? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, all right, all right. Well, you, you do it, you do it. And next up, we got the 14 of ML Frey Racing. Uh, it's with Stuart White, Thomas Uyala, and Constell Lapalina. Uh, Stuart White is a South African driver who kind of recently got into sports car racing. He was just in, you know, the, the, the feeder series lab just three years ago. And now he's been doing uh, pro-amp sports car stuff. And now, uh, obviously, racing for ML Frey in this championship full-time. Now, something interesting um, 
the two finished drivers in this uh, lineup. Uh, Pasto Lepalainen, he is the full-time driver for the uh, ADAC GT Masters Championship for ML Frey. He isn't too bad. He's got an overall win, a, actually a lights-to-flag victory at Zandvoort uh, just over a month ago. Uh, and he's generally been all right. Um, even before then, I don't remember him being too flashy. Uh, that's probably a good thing. It means I don't remember him getting involved in the accidents. Um, but I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Now, this Thomas um, this Tuala guy, I don't really know much about him. Uh, he's kind of, a, kind of a new name for me. I'm going to guess full-time as it's a three-driver lineup. Uh, in the endurance championship, um, so we're gonna have to wait and see how he does. So hope I'll try to keep a name out, uh, keep an eye out for that name, and see how well he does. Yeah, and definitely some obscure references. So thank you, Chris. I appreciate that as always. Um, we'll do. We'll we'll keep her moving here, just to you know keep some progression here, keep some uh, keep a momentum up. We'll do the number twenty two car, is Allied Racing Porsche nine eleven. Uh, this is gonna be uh, driven by uh, Patrick Mathiasen, Dominique. Uh, Fischelli, uh, Joel Sturm, and Vincent Andronaco. Yeah, so this is kind of like um, the a Allied Racing like uh, reunion party because uh, Andronaco, which is kind of like the full, this kind of like the full season driver lineup. Uh, Andronaco does GT4 stuff for Allied Racing. Joel Sturm races for Allied in ADAC GT Masters, and then the other two are going to be like. I, Presumably, your full-time drivers. Um, so yeah, and Allied has such a cool car too. It's a it's a it's a bright blue with green accents on it. it you can't miss it. Um, it's a very cool-looking car. It's it's a fan favorite too. I know a lot of people on the server generally love that team, uh, and they'll be racing in the GT4 European Series as well, which is a supports on Friday and Saturday of the weekend. So uh, this team definitely gonna be <laughs> definitely gonna be busy. Yeah, it's going to have its presence at the uh, spa this entire weekend for sure. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it right along again. Uh, number 26, uh, Centalock Junior Team. Uh, this is a Audi R8. Uh, this is going to be driven by Cesar Gazzo, uh, Nicholas Bert, uh, or Boat. Yeah, yeah, Bert. And then uh, Arlene Panis and Gilles Magnus. Yeah, so full-time, uh, Cesar Gazzo, um with this team, did some French GT stuff. Um, before, uh, Nicolas Baird, he, I believe, is also full-time, did some TCR Europe stuff with Come To You Racing, which I'm going to presume, because they also have Gilles Magnus on board, uh, who races WTCR with that same team, but there's some strong connection between the two. Um, one, I believe he won... Uh, race two at Valley Longa uh, last weekend, which if you haven't catched up on the whole WTCR Valley Longa saga, it's very 2005 United States Grand Prix esque. Oh. If, if you haven't had the time to kind of uh, dive into that hole or dive into that story, it's uh, quite a fascinating. Uh, it was quite fascinating to go through that live. Uh, it's very interesting. Then you got Aurelian Panis, which obviously has been around. Uh, sports cars for as long as I can remember. He's been racing with, basically, if he's racing an Audi, it's probably with Sandlot. Uh, that's what I associate that name with. 
So, uh, yeah, I think this is a very uh, it's a decent silver lineup. Uh, I can't remember if this is if this is Gil's Magnus's first time in a GT3. I don't think so. Oh, yes, uh, Panis also did Lexus um, when Lexus was racing in Europe. Um, that's that. Now I remember. So after Lexus kind of died in Europe, I was saying a lot. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So there's definitely connections with a, a few of these drivers to other teams as well. So, um, yeah. And uh, another Audi in the stable. Uh, like I said, five in the Silver Class Cup. We got three more coming up. Um, but before that, we got to talk about uh, next on our list the Lamborghini Huracan GT3 of uh, Lightweight Motorsport number 27. Uh, driver lineup is Tyler Cook, uh, Brendan Leet, uh, Isaac uh, Tutumlu uh, Lopez. <laughs> Oh, uh, man, I butchered that. Max uh, Veering, uh, I'll say, as the last driver. How do you feel about this lineup there, Chris? Uh, I, 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 I don't know. They're kind of, I don't know, they're kind of always, like, towards the back, I think. Uh, Brandon, Brandon Leach, um, he raced, if you don't know what the Toyota Racing Series is, um, before COVID, it was basically a winter series for any of the European or North American or, you know, feeder series drivers uh, to get some racing in before the European season kicked off. And they had, you know, the fabled New Zealand Grand Prix. And Brandon Lee was basically racing every single season in that. Um, I believe with some success, he probably got a podium here and there, but uh, most of the time, nine times out of ten, the local talent was just not, it, it was just outmatched by the Europeans. And other uh, stuff. Tyler Cook, um, he races um, full time. Um, he also done International GT Open. Um, he did uh, win uh, a couple of Corvettic races last year in class with the same team. So he's been around this stable for at least a year. Um, and I'm taking a look at now. He's done some I, IMSA iRacing uh, invitational events, which is cool. Um, and then uh, the other drivers I'm going to presume are within the Lightroot Racing Stable, you know, racing preventing with the Super Trofeo car. Um, I, I don't know. This, this, I think this is going to be kind of a lower-tier car for me in terms of pace. Yeah, definitely the lineup uh, screams a little bit more like that than anything else, so... Um, yeah, I'm curious to see how it stacks up between the rest of the Lambos. Uh, next up on the list, we got a BMW M, uh, M4 GT3. Uh, this is going to be the number 28 Samantha Tan Racing uh, entry, uh, driven by the Samantha Tan, uh, Nick Whitmer, Harry uh, Gottsacker, and uh, Maxime Otzen. Yeah, so Samantha Tan, she's been... She's been racing for quite a few years now, haven't she? She mm. first was uh, with the GT4, uh, mainly in the uh, Corventic series. We've seen that car race, um, and and also in GT4 America last year, and then uh, this year, this is their first time uh, with the new BMW M4 GT3. Uh, this team won the 12 Hours of Mugello overall. Um, it's a Corventic race. Uh, Samantha and, and Nick Whitmer, I believe, who's kind of you know been to this team for a bit. Um, 
And also, uh, pretty much, if there's a BMW in North America, uh, he's going to race it. Um, or maybe I think that was Kuma Whitmer. But anyway, Nick. Anyway, if it's a Whitmer and there's a BMW, chances are they're, dri- they're driving it. Uh, Harry Gottsacker. Ah, that's a name. He's been mainly on the amateur sports car front and sports car racing recently. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I believe he was the one that raced the uh, the Panos GT4 when that was a thing. Um a couple of years back when that program was happening. Uh, so nice to see him um, still out there. And seeing Maxime Austin, he is one of the local boys. Uh, he is a BMW M2 Cup driver. Just so uh, very, very uh, different pieces of machinery. He does have some GT4 experience, but... Uh, Quite a huge step from an M2 Cup car to a GT3. Yeah, and it's it's going to be it's always going to be a little bit of a trial there, um, and and I always like to say that, uh, especially with this with Spa as being that and Spa Twenty Four too. So it's 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 a it's a beast all into its own. But coming in here for the first time or a new equipment for the first time is going to be that extra bit daunting. So. Yeah, we'll see how this lineup goes, and the only BMW M4 in this uh, in this class is Silver Cup class. So, moving on to another Audi R8 LMS, uh, though on our entry list, the first that we've talked about of this team. Uh, they've got two entries in this class. We're going to talk about them two in the pro category, I am sure. Uh, the number thirty team WRT. Uh, this is going to be driven by Thomas Neubauer, uh, Benjamin Goth, and John Baptiste Simonauer. Uh, Yeah, um, Thomas Neubauer also raced the Lexus back when I was racing in GT World Challenge um, Europe. Uh, it's not too bad of a driver. Uh, Benjamin Goth, uh, I would presume he's kind of bringing in uh, the Roth Globe money. It's kind of like it has like a golf livery on it. Um, and he, I, I believe he's the one bringing in that sponsorship. And then you got. Um, John Baptiste Simonauer, which uh, he, this car does have a win at Imola in the Pro-Am Cup, or, uh, or Silver Cup. So it's not exactly their first rodeo. They've won this uh, uh, season before. Now, I believe uh, Simonauer had some antics over at the uh, Magni Corps Sprint Round. Uh, if anybody knows about that, no, it can be easily forgettable. Uh, just the Sprint Championship, you know, can be. But yeah, I think this is going to be one of the stronger lineups of Team WRT. So it's definitely, uh, they're not going to be uh, playing around. They're going to be serious. Well, well, we could say that about this lineup. What do you think about the, ne- the next lineup uh, that we've got? Number uh, Team WRT number 31, uh, another Audi R8. Uh, this is uh, F- uh, Finlay Hutchinson, Diego uh, Menchaca, and uh, Lewis Proctor. How do, how do they stack up between the number 30? Finley Hutchison, I'm not so uh, convinced on him. Um, he, I don't think he's that good. Um, I, I just don't. I just I think he's going to be the one. Uh, I think he's the pay driver. I think in this team, um, Diego. Um, he's been racing with WRT before. Um, he also raced with uh, Algar Pro Racing last year in the LP2 class, so he has some prototype experience. Um, and also did some Lamborghini stuff, like 
three years back. So Diego has some GT3 experience. And then you got uh, Lewis Proctor. He's a full-time British GT driver. I uh, can't remember which team he races in, but it's a McLaren team. And he did just race last weekend at Spa for, you know, for a two-hour event. So uh, I think he's going to be the one going to be, be bringing in the real valuable experience to the table. Um, by this, this, uh, for, for, for a lineup from Team WRT, this isn't the strongest as one would expect. Mm, yeah. yeah. You'd expect stronger in the Silver Cup. Uh, maybe maybe a better, stronger lineup in Silver Cup for w- Team WRT. Potentially, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. We'll see, and uh, I'm, I'm maybe they've uh, they've top loaded their talent in another class. We'll find out. Uh, moving on uh, to a Porsche 911. Uh, this time it's uh, a dynamic motorsport, the number 56 car. Uh, this is going to be driven by uh, Giorgio Roda, uh, Maro, uh, Maro uh, Ka- uh, Calamia. Or Columbia? Yeah, probably that. <laughs> uh, Mario Snacken and uh, Mikael Pedersen. Yeah, uh, Mikael Pedersen, um, he's, uh, he's been racing um, another one of those Danes who seems to come out of the woodwork and just come out racing. Um, Giorgio Roda, uh, he is a name I recognize from ACO series. Um, I do. It, it seems like there's like a million different Rotas out there in the world. Um, so it's hard to tell if he's like one of the good ones. I, I know there's like a bad one out there. I think, I think George Roda, eh, he might not be the best, but I don't think he's that bad. He did uh, race. Uh, he's been with dynamic uh, for this year for obviously the endurance cup and the Asian Le series. Um, he did come in third for Kessel in GTM last year in GT uh, Asian Le Mans. And then he did win the 2020 Italian GT Endurance Championship, which, you know, not try to rain down his parade, but didn't have exactly the healthiest lineups uh, or grids. Uh, so, I don't know. Giorgio Roda, I think, he, I think he'll be fine. Uh, Mario Calama, he's kind of had a checkered history. He did race in the, uh, if you remember, the Maserati uh, Super Trofeo series. Mm-hmm. Um, he was pretty good in that. Um, and then the other guys, Mario Snacken is a name I haven't heard before. I'm going to assume he's part of the full-time lineup. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. There's definitely going to be, yeah, there's... Some interest, we'll say, for this one. And the uh, second of the two Porsches uh, in this class. Uh, coming up, we've got another Mercedes. Uh, this is going to be number 87, uh, Akodis, well, probably Akodis, uh, ASP team uh, racing. That is Casper uh, Stevenson, Tom uh, Drought, and uh, Tommaso Mosca. So Casper Stevenson, uh, I believe, races... Um... He did race. The, I remember him from racing in the Gulf Baldires with two season motorsports, and I want to say he won, um, or at least came second. Um, I believe he also may do British GT as well as two season motorsports are a big part in that championship, and he's not bad. Um, not bad at all, I would say. He is currently. 
Yeah, he, he was just racing Formula, uh, Formula Series just last year, and now he's in um, GT racing. And not doing too bad, honestly. Then you got Thomas Drouet, who races in ADAC GT4 Germany. Um, and uh, he's up there at the front. Uh, he's definitely a front runner in that championship. I remember him. Um, uh, I think he might have won at Red Bull Ring in that championship. I don't know. I have to fact check that myself. Um, then the other guy. That's, uh, that's a name I haven't heard before. Um, Tomasco Mosca. I want to say he also does uh, GT4 racing. Don't coach on it, though. Okay. Uh, sorry about that. Um, yep. All right. So moving on, we'll get that. Uh, give me a sec. Sorry, I was just uh, seeing. I was just looking something up here. Okay. And up next, we have on our list uh, the number ninety uh, car. This is the Mad Panda Motorsport, uh, another Mercedes here. Uh, it's lineup, uh, Ezekiel, uh, Perez, uh, Kampak, uh, Sean Walkinshaw, uh, Patrick Kujala, and, uh, Oscar Tuno. And this was, uh, this was last year's silver class winners in the Spawn 24. Um, although the only, it looks like they could, the only lineup that they kept from last year was Patrick Tuhala. And as I'm going through my list right now, Ezekiel Perez Compact. So they got rid of two drivers, but stuck. Uh, but they stuck with the two they have. Uh, Sean Walkinshaw, uh, that's a name I remember from Super GT. He used to race in the uh, ARCA BMW M6. Um, and I believe he got at least a, a one or two there. Uh, it's not too bad of a driver. Then they got Oscar Tunho, which I remember him racing just in the Pro-Am classes for a while now. I, I think he came from ASP last last year. Okay. So we'll... Uh, all right. So that, definitely fair and eclectic on that one. So uh, let's see here. Let's oh, keep... yeah. Okay. He was from. He raced with Rinaldi this year in the ELMS. That's where I've heard of him. And he also raced with Talksport um, last year. Gotcha. Next on our list, we've got number ninety-seven, uh, Beach Dean AMR. Uh, as you can guess, that's an Aston Martin Vantage uh, GT3. Uh, this one is going to be piloted by uh, David Petard, uh, Theo Noet. Uh, Charlie Vac and uh, Roman De Angelis. Yeah, so this is an interesting story because this car was originally going to be in Gold Cup, uh, but then um, Andrew, Andrew Howard was going to race. Uh, Beach Dean is an ice cream company, and Andrew Howard is, of course, the money man behind it. And he was like, "Well, business is booming. I can't race. I got to focus on the ice cream business." <laughs> so he had to leave. And then basically with him leaving, um, basically meant that they were pretty much un- ineligible for the Gold Cup class because of driver ratings and stuff like that. And they had uh, 
trying to remember what they had. It was um, Balatin Hesoklut. I believe I got that name right. Uh, he was a GT4 driver. I believe his GT3 debut came last year at the Indy 8 Hours. You know, I know he was driving GT4s last year, and that, that, as is before, but I can't remember if he did GT3 last year and that. But he's been making, he's an Aston Martin factory driver now, uh, does Aston Martin GT3 stuff, unfortunately, due to driver rating. Um, couldn't do it. So they replaced him with two drivers, replaced Howard and Hasekluck. Uh, David Pittard, which you don't know, he does uh, the Nürburgring 24, mainly with uh, BMW, but it's been more Aston nowadays. Uh, very, very competent driver. And Theo Niue, which he is an ADAC, I know for a fact, ADAC GT4 driver. Uh, possibly does the other GT4 series as well, just not sticking out to me at the moment. And he's good. Uh, this is a very solid pickup. Um Actually, Dio Noe was not the one that was replaced. He was originally part of my bad. Uh, but still, Dio Noe is good. The person who was uh, one of the replacements was Charlie Fagg, uh, which is a part of the WEC lineup, I believe, um, just recently from this year. Uh, he used to do Janetta uh, Juniors, I believe that's where it came from. Uh, so that, was a B, that was the BTCC support. That's where I first heard his name. Uh Unfortunate, you know, because of the unfortunate last name of the connotation in some parts of the world. Um, but it's spelled with two G's. So that's that's good. Uh, but it's uh, he's definitely a decent driver. His last name shouldn't take away from that. And then you got uh, uh, Roman DeAngelis. Hold, I don't think that's right. No. I'm doing a double check. I don't think that's right. Because Roman D'Angelo should be in the heart of racing car. Actually, never mind. You may be right. I just want to do a double check because I always associate Roman with heart of racing. Mm, okay. All good. Good to double check. That's what we're here for. Oh, okay. He is. Okay, well. We'll start from when I'm talking about from the end. So I'll just basically we'll stop like cut from after uh, Charlie Fag and we'll go with Roman DeAngelis. Okay, three, two, one, and then we have Roman DeAngelis. Now this is a weird cookie because we always really associate him racing with harder racing, don't we? I mean, most of the time, yeah. I mean, he's definitely a staple for them, as far as I can tell. Yeah, and it's just obviously he's helping. You know, Beach Dean, Aston Martin Racing out. Uh, very capable driver. This is one of the strongest lineups in this class. It has to be. I, I mean, especially for the the names that are in this uh, driver lineup, uh, definitely scream a little bit more uh, uh, talent potentially there. And, um, and yeah, it's definitely some crossover with the Heart of Racing uh, AMR crews. So I'm sure we'll be talking about them too coming up. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, only Aston Martin in this, uh, in this silver cup class, um, with potentially one of the better, uh, lineups and, uh, could have a strong running here. Uh, we'll move on to the, speaking of last Aston Martins, we'll talk about the last Audi R8 of the five that were in this class. Uh, this one is going to belong to Attempto Racing number 99. 
uh, piloted by Marie, uh, Marius Zug, uh, Nicholas Scholl, uh, Alex Aka, and uh, Juso Pu- uh, Puaka. Yeah, so um, this car is interesting because it has like an, an SRO, I think it's like, what, 30th anniversary uh, sticker on it mm-hmm. as, as their main, like, as their main uh, livery. Uh, so I think Stefan Hotel just picked the car with like like the lowest amount of uh, paint or, or sponsors on it. It's like, hey, we'll give you a hand. Um, so Marius Zug, I believe, is a Tempto Racing's DTM driver. Um, he, he's kind of been middle of the road. I mean, he hasn't been doing too... I don't, know, I don't remember him crashing a lot, so that's got to amount to something, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just like close on the counts too, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, and, and definitely a couple. Yeah. I, I I think I always I keep saying this with the Silver Cup class. Uh, definitely some drivers that you're like, oh, okay, good, and then you're like, okay, well, I don't know who some of these guys are. At least like if they're proving themselves. So, um, but yeah, attempt to race in number ninety nine. Uh, Garage fifty nine is up next with the number one fifty nine. Uh, and so yeah, they're going to be driving on the McLaren guys seven twenty uh, seven twenty GT three. Uh, th- this one is going to be piled by uh, Ethan uh, Simeone, Manuel Mal- uh, Maldonado, uh, Nikolai Cageguard, and uh, James Baldwin. How are your uh, what are your thoughts on this class or uh, this car? Excuse me, Chris. This was interesting because Ethan Simeone uh, he raced last year in the International GT Open. Um, he got a couple of race wins. Uh, he is also a Porsche. Cup Challenge Canada driver, Canadian Touring Car Championship driver. There's also there's a champion in, in the Canadian Touring Car Championship. Um, so he's not bad. Uh, I, I knew I recognized the name somewhere in within the Canadian racing scene. Uh, Manuel Maldonado uh, used to race in what was what's now known as the GB3 Championship. Um, I believe he is the son. All right, Pastor Maldonado's brother, excuse me. Um, as far as I know, he's not exactly, you know, I know it's a meme to say that he's, you know, not, LOL, you know, Maldonado, but I don't honestly think he's that bad. Um, I can't remember if he got any podiums or race wins in that championship. I think he got Nikolai Kiergaard, which is another person from the British football racing scene. Uh, Danish, I think. Um but basically, yeah, also raced in the same series with uh, Maldonado. And then you got James Baldwin, which is absolutely fantastic news. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, he won the – he was the world's fastest gamer. Uh, in which he got a ride with the Jensen Button team, uh, RGN McLaren in British GT a couple years ago. And then um, and then he has kind of been radio silent for the last year or two, and now he's finally got another you know, ride in a McLaren, uh, which is fantastic news. And uh, okay, so he was Pastor Na- Manuel Maldonado. Correction, he is the cousin. I was right the first time. It's always Johan, cousin. You're bad. <laughs> <laughs> Their cousin or nephew, but no, honestly, this is an interesting lineup. But uh, how do you think this stacks up against the rest of the class so far? All right, I think I don't know. You got two drivers who mainly did formula stuff. Ethan Simeone, who has some experience racing in GTs and winning, um, and then James Baldwin, same same thing. 
uh, I believe his very first race in a GT3 car, or at least the very first week that he won. Um, I I honestly think this this could be. I don't know if it'll be up there, but it'll, it'll be fascinating to see how this car moves up the field. Definitely, man. It's a McLaren's going to look good too doing it. Um, we got a pair of uh, Lambos coming up next, uh, number one sixty three and number five sixty three, both out of the the stable VSR uh, as a team. Driver lineups for the one sixty three is uh, Mattia uh, Michelotto, uh, Marcus uh, Pavrud, uh, Baptiste uh, Moline, and Michael Dorbecker. Yeah, this is definitely the um, this is the weaker of the VSR lineups. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to chalk this down to mainly the, the Italian GT guys. Because um, I've never really seen any of these guys before. So I, 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 I presume he probably probably got lost in the, you know, kind of got lost in the shuffle of GT3 racing. Um, Marcus Pavrud, I Swear I recognize that name somewhere, and I'm trying to put my finger on it. But yeah, I just don't know who any of these guys are. So I'm gonna chalk it up to either this is the uh, obviously full season lineup because I know VSR does full season. Uh, I, I presume probably the, most likely as this is a, this is an Italian GT team, they probably have some experience in a championship. Gotcha. Well, uh, let's see how. How you fare with these uh, next drivers? Again, like I said, from the same uh, stable VSR number five six three. This is uh, uh, Mikel uh, Beretta, Yuki Nemoto, Benjamin Heights, and uh, Carol Bass. This I think this is a sleeper lineup because Mikel Beretta and Yuki Nemoto, I believe, are Italian GT teammates. Because um, Yuki Nomoto, the last Italian GT round at Mugello, he absolutely wiped the field. Um, I'll have to take a look at the Italian GT uh, uh, results to see who was pairing with him in the car. But it was one of the drivers we see here in this lineup. Uh, Benjamin Heats, I believe he's the Chilean. I believe he did some racing last year with Mercedes and AS- ASP. Um and he wasn't, I don't remember him being too bad. Um, yep, oh, oh he, did, he, he was with Rinaldi Racing on a Ferrari last year, Benjamin Hitz. Um, so that's what I remember. And he did win last year in International GT Open. And they got Carol Baz, but she is in International GT Open this year. I want to say with Olymp Racing Audi. And uh, he has been impressive this year, I have to say. He is a very, uh, I would say he's a little bit of an aggressive driver, but he makes, uh, he's, he's very good. I think he's going to be one to look out for. And uh, we might potentially have saved the best for last year um, with our final Silver Cup entry. Uh, number 77, triple seven, I should say, uh, number Al Manar Racing by HRT. This is a Mercedes-AMG GT3 uh, entry driven by Fabian Schiller, Al, uh, Fazal Al-Zubar, and uh, Axel Jeffries and Daniel Murad. Yeah, 
Fabian Schiller, he's been around Mercedes for, for, for what it seems a while now. Since yep. I believe he's uh, with Get Speed, I, I want to say before, for at least number 24, or at least helped, a uh, helped racing team, which this is basically a helped racing team run car. It's called Almanar Racing because of Al Fasal Azubair. Um, he's the money man, presumably, bring to the team. Axel Jeffries, um, nice to see him racing. Uh, usually he's usually we only see him with Conrad nowadays, uh, whether it's uh, NLS Evergreen 24 or now as recently as Prototype Cup Germany. And then you have Daniel Morad, which obviously you know from IMSA. He races with Allegro Motorsports there, and he was part of, I believe, he was part of the winning Rolex 24 team um, that won 2017, 2018 in GTD. Uh, that was also with Allegra. So, yeah, interesting lineup. I don't think it's as strong. I think it's weaker than the 5-6-3 lineup, to be honest. Really? Okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, then let's pose the question. We've got quite a few entries in this one, and obviously it's not the pro category, but this is going to be a tough one to pick. Who do you think is going to be coming out on top of this one? Who do you think has got the best chance? Hmm. I think, I think the 87 could have a good shot. Um, but if I have to draw a hard line, I think it's going to be the 97. Okay, okay. And, I mean, I'm telling you, those the, the Aston Martin GT3s have been quick. They just have been quick, too. Like, they're not, they're not slow cars, so... If they can tool that thing around even halfway decent, it's going to have a good shot to be up at the front. Like they've, it's it's a solid platform that Aston Martin GT3. So, yeah, it's I I, I don't know if I could go against that. Uh, definitely, like I, I don't know this the 777 car that one looks nice. There's an I, I don't know. There's a, another sleeper one that I think I was looking at too. But yeah, I, it's I I think too. It's nice to know you know fully too with some of these classes how it works. And just the fact that these are all silvers for the most part, um, you know, there could be an occasional bronze, but basically all silvers. Um, you know, you, when you see them on the on the on the timing board, you know, there's definitely an extra weight of like, oh, man, you know, like if they're higher up, you're like, man, that's a, that's all silvers doing that kind of thing. Like, you know, there's an identifier with that. So uh, this will definitely be for me personally. I'll be watching this class a lot outside the uh, the overall and pro categories um, just to kind of see who's. Who's the best of the of the AMs? And I think this is a good AM class. Just solid silvers everywhere. So, but yeah, <clears throat> moving on uh, from this very populated class to a slightly less populated class. And Chris, why don't you tell us the reason for that? Uh, it's a Gold Cup category. Yeah. So, uh, what Gold Cup is new for this year? Um, I think it was basically Stefan Rattel, as part of Rattel's master plan, because if you don't know already, he wants to do his own driver rating system separate from the FIA. Um, he wants to use the FIA as like a baseline, but he thinks that, you know, um, there's too many pros and silvers when that's not the point of the silver glass. Uh, that's that's his reasoning. He wants to kind of separate the, the uh, make it more clear what ratings are for pros and what ratings are for amateurs. And we can already see some of his uh, changes coming to play in this class. So Gold Cup, um, it's like what the, what the lineup 
is required. Uh, you must have a mat. So for a maximum, you can have a maximum of a platinum, silver, and a bronze. If you have a four driver lineup, you can have another silver, another maximum of a silver in your lineup. So you can only have one gold or silver. Okay. And that's a sil- Then they have. Then they can have two sil. Uh, or uh, you can only have one platinum or gold. That that, that that's it. Uh, oh, and then you gotta have two silvers and a bronze. Now here's the confusing part. Now there's a couple lineups in here. Uh, I believe it's the ten and the one hundred seven that have two golds rated by the F- by the FIA. Um, but there's a loophole in the regulations basically saying the promoters, you know, it, you know, has the final decision on the lineups or gold cup. And the SRO could basically kind of look like if, if they have a gold rating, but if they're like amateur racing or like kind of on the, uh, on the high end of age, they'll downgrade them to a silver kind of like a case by case basis. I think that's what happened here with these line with these two uh, teams. So that. Oh, just to make it even more confusing for the fans, but basically, Gold Cup is a step above Silver Cup in theory and below Pro Cup. That's I believe that's what's supposed to be. Okay, gotcha. And and yeah, honestly, for the first year of being at Spa, it's decent entry. Uh, you know, a lot of eclectic uh, cars, uh, especially with the car count. So um, you know, not not the skimpiest of class by by any stretch of the imagination. And it reminds me a lot of some previous uh, GTE, uh, GT even, I think, two uh, times where we would have, you know, kind of like a pro driver. And then you'd have a bunch of AMs that he's kind of almost mentoring and teaching. So interesting how this works. And I know we had some slight controversy with one of the driver lamps potentially not meeting the regulations. So we'll talk about that as we get uh, going here. But we'll start off first with the car number five from Hop Racing. Uh, Hubert Hop. Uh, Florian Schultz and uh, Arjun Mani or, and uh, Gabriele uh, Piana uh, driving a uh, Mercedes AMG GT3 in this, the Gold Cup category. Chris, tell me about this uh, lineup here. First of the uh, three Mercedes racing in this, or four Mercedes, I should say, racing Gold Cup. Yeah, so Halp uh, Racing Team uh, in Gold Cup. Now, keep on Halp Racing Team. Uh, they're the basically the Ashes of Black Falcon Racing. Um, no pro lineup for them this year, which is uh, quite shocking. Uh, normally, they have at least some form of pro presence. Um, but, you know, that's okay. They're still racing. Um, Hubert Hoft, uh, the brainchild of the organization. Florian Schultz, he's the bronze driver. He was actually fastest in the bronze test on Tuesday. So uh, he's definitely, if you if you, if you were a betting man, you're in Vegas, and he had to put some money down on the, on the table. Uh, Florian Schultz would probably be your best odds. Um, I, I'd say he'll be a pretty good bet um, if you're looking for a team with a good amateur driver in the back. Then you got Arjun Miney, who races in DTM. And then you have Gabriel Piana, who uh, I believe he does some GT4 stuff in his spare time, mainly in ADAC GT4 Germany. And the funny, and the funny thing is, is whenever he gets in the lead, it's basically uh, – a uh, good win, Piana, because he just absolutely pulls away. Um, he's very dominant in the class of cars that he races in. So uh, already off the bat, not a bad lineup. 
it's going to be interesting because Hobbs Racing Team never really brings a bad car. <laughs> so this should be maybe at the front of this uh, this class already just to start. We'll see. Um, rolling on to a McLaren 720 uh, GT3, number uh, car number seven, Inception Racing. Uh, Ali Milroy, Brendan Arib, uh, Frederick Shand- uh, Shandorf, and uh, Sebastian Prelude. Yeah, uh, Inception Racing, Ollie Milroy and Brendan Arebe, it seems you just can't separate the two. If, 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 uh, if one of them is racing, pretty much the other is going to be a teammate automatically. Um, Frederick Standorf, I believe, is their IMSA uh, driver um, for, their, for the endurance rounds. So basically, we've kind of got a, a group of people who've been racing together for at least a year or two now. We kind of know each other. Uh, Sebastian Creo. Uh, is the odd one out. Last year, he was Porsche Career North America champion. Um, son of, of course, touring car legend Andy Prio. Yeah, I believe this is his first major uh, GT3 race. Is this, really? That's surprising. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how he does. I hope he does well. Um, obviously, at least in a cup car, he showed he's capable. Um yeah, judging by this will be his first uh, GT3 race. He did do GTE as he has won two races in the WEC. He won Spa and Monza um, in GTEM. Um, so he, he won in GTM. So he did a GTE before a GT3. Huh. Interesting. Okay, well, that. Yeah, okay, yeah. Wow. All right. That's not. That's also not really. That was unexpected. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely some question marks with Inception Racing, or at least like uh, just to see what potential these guys can do uh, out, especially compared to out racing. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll move along here. The car number eight, AGS Events, uh, Lamborghini Huracan GT3, uh, Mike Parisi, uh, Larice uh, Cabiru, uh, uh, Nicholas Gomar, and uh, Ruben Del De Sarte. Yeah, so AGS Events are a French team who mainly did French GT. Uh, this is their first year in the GT3 class with the Lamborghini. Um, basically, their drivers are basically within the team, either in uh, a, uh, French GT or GT4 European series or, or at least competed in those series and other teams. So they just, uh, got all, all, just got a bunch of old Frenchmen together and just got a good time. Nice. Hey, why not? <laughs> and uh, if something good comes out of it, a uh, decent finish, that's all the better, right? So, um, yeah, we'll see what uh, see how they do uh, when it when race winds down for them. Uh, number 10, uh, Boots and Racing, Audi R8 LMS. Uh, this is Adam Eteki, uh, Kareem Auger, and uh, Benjamin Lasanis, and uh, Etoine Leclerc. Uh, we had this flag potentially as being a rule breaker. Chris, do you still think that it might uh, come into violation here, or is it uh, is it all good? Uh, it's it's all good. Um, Adam Atechi is is, uh, is is the gold. Um, I want to say he did some GT4 stuff. Uh, I was oh no, he did some LMP3 stuff before. Okay, never mind. He uh, he. Uh, Races in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. Oh, just for one race, that was probably Road to Le Mans. 
did Asian Le Mans, and now he does this full-time for boots and racing. Um, Kareem Ogre, he's, he's like the older guy, the bronze. He's uh, raced in the GT Sports Club Series, I believe that was the name of it, a few years back with the BMW, if anybody remembers that. Uh, Benjamin Lassens, um he does, he races in French GT4, or at least did. So, and this was the uh, problem, because they had Antoine Leclerc. I believe he's the oldest. He's kind of on the older side. Um, so, the, so FIA marks him as gold, but the SRO has deemed him as a silver. So, with the SRO deeming him as a silver, he still fits the regulations. That was the controversy uh, earlier this week. But basically, like we said before, SRO could deem you... Uh, a driver rating. If the FIA deems you something else, the SRL could, you know, say, no, he's actually this if they choose so. So uh, that that's one of the reasons this class gets so confusing. Gotcha. But anyway, it's it's actually car in the grid. It's an orange Audi, which is kind of rare. Um, interesting how interesting to see how it does. Mm-hmm. Well, no, and thanks for the update too. That was definitely a potential question mark uh, coming into the weekend. So. Um, next on our list, we've got uh, the number 21 AF Corsa. Um, uh, wonder what this car is. It's a Ferrari, guys, a 488. Uh, this one's driven by Hugo uh, Delacour, uh, De Cedric Zibrazuli, <laughs> Alessandro Balzan, and David Perrault. Man, I'm butchering some of these. Uh, how do you feel about this AF Corsa entry, number 21, Chris? Yeah, it's basically the full, the full season lineup. It's kind of, uh, it's, I don't know how. It's, it's, it's all right. I mean, David Perel definitely bumps up the lineup a bit, so is Alexander Balzan. Seems like we don't see Balzan in much pro racing stuff anymore, which is unfortunate. Uh, I do remember him racing a lot in IMSA, I think, uh, before. No, when that was happening. Uh, Perel, uh, one thing to know about Perel, I believe he has a YouTube channel. I don't know if he still makes any content on it, but I know he used to do uh, comment, he used to publish onboards. And what he'll do is they'll have he'll provide commentary over it, um, get, so grabbing some insight from what it's like driving inside that car. So that's, uh, that's something that might be interesting to anybody if they want to look at uh, some of his content. Yeah, and I I I have personally, and I I think it's uh, interesting, and honestly, it's a unique way a perspective of doing that, and it's extremely interactive. I think it's a good, I think it's a good any way to kind of bring that. Um, attention or curiosity i think more to motorsports or just to, to capture maybe just i don't know younger people that would like to see something more different and maybe more hands-on with like hey how does motorsport really work and all that stuff i you know i think it's a great thing so i definitely can uh will be supporting this this uh this car specifically for that but uh yeah interesting to see and uh we'll move right along here to uh a, of course we go from a of course to team wrt number 33 audi r8 lms this one's driven by Ulysse DePau, uh, Ryuchiro uh, Tomita, uh, Arnold Rabin, uh, Robin, and Maxime Robin. Robin. I don't know. One of them. How do you feel about this one there, Chris? Um, it looks like an all right. I believe they came third at the last endurance round in class. Um, uh, Tomita actually used to race uh, Super GT in a GT300 class. Um, with Audi, um, 
And then also did he won a few races last year in class in the Sprint Cup portion of GT World Challenge. Uh, the the Rob, Maxime Robin um, he he does some ACO stuff actually. Um, he did um, he did Lamar last year actually with Soso Twenty Four by Graf, and he also does uh, the he did race the Road to Lamar uh, the Lamar support races in the WRT Audi itself. Um, so basically, he's the, kind of like the amateur guy that WRT goes for if they need one. So that's that's what I, I would uh, I, that's what I uh, presume himself for. Okay, gotcha. Interesting. And then I presume Arnold. Um, did I get that last name? Ar- Arnold Robin. Yep. Uh, I presume he is a a sibling, or or maybe a father son pairing. Uh, they're both French and same last name, so we can confirm that there's most likely some relation. Um, in also, and they usually race together. I'm noticing a pattern because they raced together in the 24 hours of Dubai this year, which they claimed a second in class, and then they usually they race together in the Michelin Le Mans Cup race. Same thing with Le Mans last year. So basically, if one of the if one of the Robins are around, the other one's not is uh, is close by. <laughs> Taking right along. Well, hey, well. Good to know that the Robins are hanging out in the, in the Audi for this race. Uh, but uh, we got to move on. And uh, next up on our list is BMW M4. Oh, wait. Oh, I go ahead. I yeah. forgot uh, Luis de Pau. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, he, race, uh, he races for um, – he yeah, he's just races for Silver Cup in, uh, in the Sprint Championship. And he won overall uh, at Brands Hatch earlier this year – in race one and for anyone who doesn't know how impactful that was uh he won obviously silver class overall winner fending off drivers such as like rafael marcello and and uh dries van tour and all the likes and so uh the pow and also he does uh some british gt races with grand motorsport uh, so this is a driver to keep an eye on in this lineup. Uh, he is, uh, he'll be punching above his weight. Interesting. All right. Okay. Let's see. And, uh, yeah, it should be interesting at least to see from that Audi. Uh, that's the second Audi of the two in this class. Uh, moving on to the next car, we got a BMW M4. Uh, Walking Horse Motorsport, number 34. Uh, Richard Highstand, Michael Denon, uh, Robbie Foley, and Jens Klingman. This is a pretty, uh, pretty decent lineup, I'd say, right? Yeah, and for anyone who uh, who's been out of the loop this week, this is in Turner colors. This was in a Turner livery. Gorgeous, fantastic. Yeah, the More yellow. Turn. Yeah, the, 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 with the yellow, and it also has tacos. The, the, the word tacos on the car. It can't get any better than this. <laughs> Richard Highstand uh, races, I believe, for uh, Lamborghini for the NTE slash SSR team in IMSA this year. Um, Michael Denon races for Turner and GT World Challenge America. Uh, won, last, won a race last year with the team in that championship. Robbie Foley is the IMSA driver um, for Turner. And then you got Jens Klingman, 
who is the BMW kind of factory guy uh, for this effort. Uh, and it's very interesting because not only do we have the Turner car, which is the IMSA, you know, livery, but as we go further, when we go to the pro class, we'll have harder racing too. So lots of IMSA representation, uh, at least more so than probably in any other history of the squad from before. Yeah, we got more coming up too. Uh, I mean, you know, Russell Ward's coming up too in the Mercedes. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, this is if you're if you are an American sports car fan, there's going to be quite a bit of uh, names you'll be you're going to recognize teams and cars too. So uh, yeah, another another st- uh, special from the U.S. from that entry. Number forty four next on our list is Get Speed. Uh, they got a Mercedes AMG GT3. This is piloted by uh, Michael Blockman, uh, Patrick Assenheimer. Axel Blum and uh, Jim Pla. Yeah, so this is another uh, get speed card. This is going to be a bright yellow, uh, I believe, race taxi sponsored car. For anyone who doesn't know, race taxi is sort of a basically you pay a certain amount of money, you get into a, a car with a professional racing driver, and they'll take you for a more speedier lap around an arch life. I think that's one of get speed's one of the primary businesses that they do. Um, Michael Blanchman is the bronze here. I don't know how well he's going to fare. He's all, he, he was also one of the slowest in the bronze test itself. Um, I don't know how he's going to fare. Uh, Patrick Gassenheimer, he is a Nordschleife regular. He usually races for Landgraf or NLS and the uh, Nürburgring 24. Very comp- I would say he's a very competent Mercedes driver. Axel Blom. That's a name I believe races in International GT Open, as uh, Get Speed also has a program in that championship. Um, and then you got uh, oh, Axel Blom actually uh, raced for uh, interesting. Axel Blom raced for Car Collection this year, but he's not racing for them at Spa. Interesting. Okay, that's something I just learned. But then we got Jim Flaw. Um, who races uh, in with Acadus ASP mainly? I think last uh, he's usually paired with. Um, I'm trying to remember who's usually paired with. He's usually paired with a, a decently pro driver, um, and he is not. And he's also a server favorite. Uh, if you're not in the Discord server, um, a lot of people we like to have a few meme drivers, and sometimes they end up being really successful. Um, and we're trying to get Jim Plaud that status, um, <laughs> but he's he's been doing he's done he does French GT4, um, and then the, does the GT1 Challenge Sprint. Um, so yeah, it should be an interesting lineup. I don't know about uh, Blanchman. Blanchman, I don't, I think it's going to hold the whole lineup down. To be honest, uh, so I don't think this is going to get as high up as people want them to be. Unfortunate, because you just need that redditor push for the uh, for the support, and then you know get a few horsepowers that way, extra horsepower. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we got another Mercedes next on the list. Uh, if we can keep moving on here, number fifty-seven, Windward Racing, uh, Jens Lieb, uh, Liebhauser, Lorenzo Ferrari. <laughs> that is a name. Uh, Lucas Auer and uh, Russell Ward. Russell sadly almost winning Lime Rock, but then uh, running out of gas. If I correct, am I? I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, very unfortunate. Uh, I believe that would have been what 
Their first? Uh, no, they, first... Well, they won the oh. Rolex before. Didn't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, that would have been um, quite a win for them if they if they pulled that one off. Yeah, uh, Jen's leap houser is the bronze. Uh, judging from what the bronze test results show, it looks like he has some speed. He has some pace. Uh, Lorenzo Ferrari? Uh, how, how ironic is that? Oh, man. Um, he's also a pretty decent driver, I would say. I want to say he's up front. Uh, a little bit. Alex McDowell, I believe he's one of the guys who's very new into GT racing. Um, I think he just came from Harding. Um, so uh, interesting to see how he's going to fare. Then you have Sandy Mitchell, uh, who races uh, full time. Oh, oh, God damn, I'm reading out the wrong list. <laughs> All right. Hit it. And then that. Okay, one, two. Basically, we'll start off after. Mm-hmm. Ferrari. One, two, three. And then you have Lucas Auer, which is, he is, uh, I believe, still a DTM driver uh, for Mercedes. Um, for anyone who knows, um, Auer is pretty good, but he was involved in that DTM controversy last year when he uh, uh, basically let Maximilian Guts go uh, in front of him because if he would have done that, uh, Maximilian Guts would have won the championship. Um, which he did. Um, and, but anyway, that doesn't take away his talent. He's very good. I think got Russell Ward, who was the money man for the team. And Russell Ward won uh, last weekend at the uh, Watkins Glen uh, race, I think, in the pro class. Uh, yep, I was right. Um, he, he came in, he got passed by George Kurtz, which, he, which he's in the Bronze Cup. Um, and so, but still... Um, a race win from last weekend, hopefully uh, picking up the momentum, and we'll see how this one this one does. Yeah, something definitely to keep your eye on too. Uh, and again, another injection where you got that IMSA, um, you know, imprint on it too. Uh, next on the list, we got a Lamborghini Huracan GT3. Uh, this is going to be number seventy-seven entry. Barwell Motorsport uh, driver lineup is Ahmad Al Harthy, uh, Sam Dehan, Alex McDowell, and Sandy Mitchell. Yeah, so this is a, actually, they have a, a camo livery um, for this weekend, and you, and guess what? And guess who it's designed by? Hmm. Oh, man, I don't know. Who? Who's it designed by? Uh, Sean Bull. What? Yeah. Interesting. How does that go about? Oh, I know. I, I know people like to get on the Sean Bull train, uh, Sean Bull hate train, but his real life uh, stuff can be can be quite decent. He's also responsible for the Peugeot, um, the Peugeot livery for a hypercar. That's his work. Yep. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, so people can ramble on about his, you know, fictional renders, uh, but his real life stuff can be quite good. Um, then you got uh, Ahmed Alharti, which he is, uh, I believe, Omani. I believe he also does uh, ELMS uh, with one of the uh, Aston Martins in uh, the Oman Racing Team. Then you got Sam Dehan, um, Alex McDowell. Alex McDowell, I believe, just came out carding, actually. So he's kind of being sent off into the deep end. They got Sandy Mitchell, who races full time. 
um, with Farwell in British GT. Um, so very interesting. Uh, Farwell, uh, I believe, won Silver Cup last year in a Sprint Championship. Um, so it, and then Farwell is always such a good team. Um, they never really have a uh, a bad car. Uh, the, the the car is capable. Uh, we'll just have to see how the how the drivers fare in it. Hmm. Definitely uh, worth it. You know, definitely in for a shot for sure here. Moving on, uh, we've got uh, this is going to be definitely more uh, uh, more attention gathering. I would say this entry uh, than a lot of other ones, even in pro category. Number eighty three. Say Ferrari four eight eight. It's the Iron Dames entry. Rahel, uh, Rahel Frey, uh, Sarah Bovi, uh, Michelle Gatling, uh, Gatting, and uh, Dorian Pin. Yeah, and it's basically their, uh, I believe, their WEC livery, uh, the pink uh, with the Iron Link sort of styling details on it. Um, the addition, of course, uh, is Dorian Pin, which I think is a very interesting. Uh, Addition because a, uh, if you don't follow Ferrari Challenge, she's absolutely wiping the floor in that championship right now. Uh, basically, I think I think next round there's like like what two rounds left, and next round she could uh, clinch the clinch championship. Wow. Um. And but what I'm interested to see if her in Ferrari Challenge is a big fish little pond situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this will be, but she also did uh. I believe she also did spa in the WEC with this team as one of the drivers. I can't remember who have either got sick or felt unwell, so they brought in Pin, and I believe she did decently. So, I. It, but this will be a much more bigger test because uh, what GTM has like what, 13, 12, 11, 12 cars. This mm-hmm. has obviously you're competing in a much more. Um, equal field in terms of machinery. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how this turns out. And also, I, I want to say, let me just pull out the old Wikipedia article here. I They did well at Paul Ricard, because uh, if you don't know, they had the Paul Ricard 1,000 kilometers. In the Gold Cup, they actually did a race... Hold on. Oh, yeah, they, they came in second. They came in second at Paul Ricard in, in, in class. Oh, dang. Okay. So they definitely finished well recently, too. Yeah. Okay, well, good... Good, uh, you know, results and potential for uh, for this car, obviously. And um, yeah, they did. Yeah, actually, they did quite well at Paul Ricard. Um, looking at the next one, and, and again, this is a it's a it's a crowd favorite, and definitely we'll be getting some of the commentators to talk about it too at some points throughout the uh, throughout the race. Uh, we've got three more cars left in this class. Number ninety one is up next. Uh, Allied Racing uh, with Florian Latore, Alex uh, Malekin. Julian Apothalaz and uh, Hayekin, I'll say Guvin, Guvan. Driving yeah, Porsche 911, um, I should say, with this one. Florian Latour, I just always associate him racing Porsches. Um, I, I think that's the only really thing I see him do. Um, 
Julian Apothelaz, he's kind of the am. He's definitely the amateur in this situation. He'd done uh, the 24 hours of Nurburgring before uh, with Landgraf, and he raced with Adelaide last year in this in this series. Um, at, at Guven, he has been a I believe he's a Porsche Junior actually. Um, he done a bunch of Porsche Quero Cups in the past. Um, he's also racing in ADAC GT Masters with with Allied, I think. So definitely some association with the team. Florian Latore, uh, I can now tell him what he does. He does Porsche Quero Cup France. Um, so he's another one coming up through the ranks. And then Alex uh, Malikin. Uh, he is a British GT driver for Redline Racing. He races the Lamborghini for but uh, for Spa last weekend. Uh, Allied Racing lent the team Porsche, and Allied cover, colors and all, so just so they can get Spa experience. So uh, none of these drivers coming in blind racing in the Porsche, that's for sure. Man, <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah, and the uh, only Porsche I'd say in the Gold Cup uh, class as well, but. Uh... We've got the third of the three Mercedes uh, in the Gold Cup coming up as the final one. Uh, we'll talk about 93, Sky Tempesta Racing, uh, Jonathan Hui, uh, Christopher Frogot, uh, Eddie Cheever, and uh, Laura Spinelli. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Hui is uh, the full-time driver in the lineup. Christopher Frogot as well. Uh, they're, they're kind of been two peas in the pod when it comes to this team. Uh, Eddie Cheever, I believe, is the third. Uh, he's been kind of bumping around GT teams. Um, based, uh, he, he's been with racing Ferraris and Italian GT before. I know that for sure. Uh, most likely in um, ACO stuff as well. And then you've got the last one in the lineup is Laura Spinelli. This guy's talented. Um, he races in with U.S. Racetronics and GT World Challenge America. Uh, he's very quick. He is, I would say, he is the strongest one in this lineup. Nice. Well, hey, and it's got some names too in it. So this is, uh, yeah, and I wanted one to pay attention to, even though it's got that sky livery on it. But uh, we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, the last uh, for Gold Cup class uh, that we're going to be discussing today, um, in an. Uh, Man, I love I love these cars. It's a Bentley Continental. Uh, it's Team CMR with uh, Nigel uh, Bailey, uh, Stefan Lemaire, Antoine uh, Borga, and Maxime Soleil. Yeah, so interesting thing. Uh, Nigel Bailey, he was one of the guys who was with the SRT41 program. Wow. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. I did. I did remember seeing him uh, on that. That's right. Uh, Stefan Lamarette does uh, the GT4 stuffs. Um, looks like he's pretty, pretty decent at it as well. Um, I'm trying to remember what team here. I want to say uh, Racing Spirit of Lama, but I could be wrong on that. But he does race for CMR in the French GT Championship. Um, and also, of course, doing uh, spa as well. Maxime Soule, that's a driver that uh, kind of had some hard times recently. Because if you remember, he was part of the winning lineup, the 2020 Bathurst 12-hour with Bentley. 
then after Bentley shut down the program, um, it's kind of been hard. Uh, basically, he's been kind of he kept looking around, but no one was, was willing to take him on. Uh, he's been racing Porsche Career Cup Benelux uh, this whole year, uh, just so he can keep racing. Uh, but glad to see that he's finally found a a decent ride, a GT3 ride where he belongs. Uh, the unfortunate fact is, is that his addition means that they had to step up from the Pro-Am class to the Gold Cup. So that's kind of, you know, a catch-22. You get put into a very much more competitive class than what you were going to be in. But you get Max and Sule on your team, so it kind of works out. Right, uh, right. Then you got Antoinan Borga. Uh, he's a he's a he's a driver for Cool Racing. Um, that's where you most likely have heard the name from. Also does some um, some Super Trofeo stuff on the side. Man, and hey, I again like a, it's going to be a great car, and um, and the class is certainly going to have its uh its moments, I think, as well. And I'm just I'm excited to see what. Uh, like uh, I don't know how interesting this new category is for Spot Twenty Four, and if it kind of adds something else to it. So, yeah, what um, like we've done with all the other ones, Chris. Let's uh, let's hear it. What do you what, who do you think is going to be a potentially favorite for uh, the Gold Cup category? Uh, for Gold Cup, I think um, I, I, I don't know. It's it, it's very tough. Um. I am going to have to choose. Let's see here. This is cruelty, which you have. Uh, you know what? Number five. Yeah, number five. That's not a bad pick. Uh, I mean, that's that's a solid pick. So, I, I, all right. Yeah. You know what? That would probably be mine too. I think I'll go five as well. <laughs> but I mean, because it's it's, I think, it, I think you could probably toss up two between that and then a couple other ones. Uh, like in, I don't know, there's something about the Ferrari too, but we'll see. Uh, all right, so yeah, so we're um, so we're kind of done with the uh, the amateur stuff here a, a bit, which is totally fine. It's what, what Spot Twenty Four is about, but uh, we really like the pro category. Um, and before we do, we'll we'll have a little. Uh, intro powwow with the uh, the racing line app, uh, which is our sponsor. So we'll have a whole little audio thing. I'll put that in there. I don't want to like do a whole gushing thing right here. We'll just insert something there. But because I, I at least want to throw that in if we're gonna if we're gonna uh, audio tag this part, so people want to like tune to it. I'll have it. I'll have it before the race line app, then they can fast forward through that if they want to go and listen to the procast. So, but yeah. All right, hold on. Give me a sec. I'll come back from that. And again, uh, special thanks to to our sponsor, um, as always. Uh, again, it's one of like one of my favorite, uh, just kind of like little collabs between uh, something that uh, I know myself as a huge sports car fan, endurance race fan, just racing fan in general. I've always had problems with with the times uh, when I come back from that stuff. So it's it's good to always have that, and for them to be a sponsor of us is awesome. So. Uh, cheers to them, and uh, we'll let you know when this uh, race is going to start because you're going to need to watch this. We've got the final category, and 
you're going to watch for anything, watch for this final category. It's a pro category, pro class. Uh, and these are a lot of uh, really, really talented uh, GT drivers that you've seen over the years, heard over the years. Um, and some not even that, uh, you know, making uh, making some famous debuts. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But let's let, let, let's start off here. Pro Category's got uh, quite a few cars. We'll just start with the uh, Team Get Speed, AMG, car number two, Maxime Getz, uh, Stein uh, Schulthorst, and uh, Lucas Stoltz driving that Mercedes AMG GT3. Uh, great lineup. Great, great lineup for the Mercedes. Uh, is this the better lineup of the other two? Would you say that we'll we'll, we'll cover Chris? Uh, for the other Gitspeed cars, absolutely, absolutely. Maximilian Guts, uh, last year's GTM champion, somewhat controversial means, but he's still a champion. You can't take that take that away from the man. Uh, Stein Schottorf, he's usually with Gitspeed uh, at least for the last couple of years uh, for Nurburgring twenty four or what have you. Uh, and Lucas Stoltz, uh, he does he doesn't need much introducing. <laughs> if he's in the Mercedes, uh, he's gonna be quick. Um, and this is also going to be in the BWT colors in the light pink. So it's going to be instantly recognizable on track as well. Uh, already a very strong contender. Right. Immediately off the gate. And Hey, let's just keep it going. Cause it's honestly with the pro category, it's almost just like, is there any other talking points other than just uh, underlining and highlighting some of these drivers? Not really. So we'll just keep, uh, we'll keep the fire going here. Uh, number six, orange, orange one K Pax racing. Uh, Jordan Pepper, Andrea uh, Caldarelli, and uh, Marco Mapelli. I, I I do love me some K-Pax racing, so uh, I I like this lineup just from the nostalgia standpoint. Uh, how does this stack up so far to uh, to the number two car? This is uh, I don't know I don't know I think I'd take, I'd take the uh, team get speed over this one. This is this is tough. Um, uh, K-Pax has been dominating GT World Challenge America. Uh, for the last couple of seasons, whether it be the Bentleys or as of the Lamborghinis with the last two seasons. Uh, Jordan Pepper and Andrea Caldarelli and Marco Mappelli, I believe both, all three of them race in that championship. And here's the kicker. Um, after the first round uh, this year of GT World Challenge America, they basically made, I think they mandated the silver uh, in each, you have to have a silver in each lineup. Mm-hmm. In the pro class, because K-Packs were dominating that much. And that didn't really stop them until at least, like, Watkins Glen, uh, where they didn't win uh, at, at all that weekend, if I remember correctly. So, it, but yeah, very, very strong lineup. Jordan Pepper, former Bentley factory driver. Uh, Andrea Caldarelli uh, was also just announced for the uh, Lamborghini Hypercard program as well as drivers. Interesting, interesting, yeah. And how much of this is going to be, uh, you know, um, just like some testing and some just training ground for for that program when that starts coming online in the next year and a half. So, yeah. Uh, again, I mean, this is one of three Lambos that we're going to see in the pro category. Um, and uh, man, it's it's got a great lineup. So, moving on to the uh, next car, it's an Audi number twelve Audi Sport Team Tressor, uh, Christopher Haas. Uh, Mattia Drudy and Luca Giotto. Very good. Yep, Ali Sport Team Tresser. Uh, car collection, basically running that car. Christopher Haas, been with Audi for such a long time. Uh, Mattia Drudy is kind of one of the newer Audi drivers in the stable. Uh, I think he came from Italian GT. And they got Luca Giotto, uh, Giotto uh, who used to race Formula 2. Um mm-hmm. 
then made the switch to sports car racing when the when Formula One wasn't become wasn't become viable anymore. Uh, and Luca, uh, I believe, um, used to race Lambos before becoming an Audi driver. I can't. I can't. I don't know. That's not. It sounds right, but I don't. I don't remember. That's still a great lineup, though. He did race Lambos. Uh, ML Frey last year. Okay, gotcha. So I was, I was, I was right, and he basically raced with a whole bunch of teams with Lambos last year. So Boy. first year as an Audi driver, uh, it could be very interesting to see how his former Formula Two, former uh, former Formula Two regular, uh, keeps up with his. I, because of in his first spot 24. Well, we can uh, we could potentially draw a uh, a line directly uh, from his former employer, Emil Frey, to here by talking about the next car in the lineup here, which is uh, number 19, Emil Frey Racing. Uh, it's a Lambo uh, Huracan. Uh, Arthur Rogier, uh, Leo Russell, and uh, Giamaco Alto is uh, the lineup for this one. Pretty good as well for that Lambo. Yeah, so Roger is the ADAC GT driver. Uh, for this team full-time. Uh, he is good as well. Um, he is, I don't know, every time I've seen him, he's usually somewhat up front. I think he is uh, the driver that made some pretty crazy moves in the first rounds at Oshishleben. Um Very, very cool to see him in a big event such as this. Leo Russell, that's a very big name. He is a 2017 LMP2 European Series champion. Um he raced with Santilac last year. Races basically, he has a bunch of prototype experience within the WBC and the ELMS. So he's going to bring all that experience he has into this race team, which is going to be very valuable. And then you got uh, a driver like Giacomo Alto, which he has been racing with Lamborghinis for quite a while. Also does GT World Challenge America full time with TR3 Racing. Um, so this is this is another interesting lineup. I think it's gonna be one of those things where people won't never heard of Arthur, Arthur Roger before, but I think they're, the the name is gonna be on a lot of people a lot of people's tongues after this event. Okay, all right. Well, we'll definitely have to circle him then. Um, you made mention of this next one that we'll talk about. Number uh, car number twenty three. It's Aston Martin, Heart of Racing with TS Sport. Um, Alex Riberis, Ross Gunn, Charlie Eastwood. This is a great lineup and a good car too. And it's basically uh, the, the the delivery they race in IMSA, uh, just without the green act the, the green or red accents on the on the headlights hmm. uh, and on the wings. Uh, Alex Roberts and Ross Gunn. It's basically the IMSA drivers, and then you got Charlie Eastwood, which is the, the that's where you see the TF Sport influence there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's not that half bad. Uh, he's definitely going to bring a valuable. Uh, amount of experience as a GT Aston Martin works driver. And I want this team to do well. This is definitely going to be a fan favorite. People love the team in IMSA. Uh, for those who don't know, this is, uh, uh, or at least he has a part of it, Gabe Newell's team. And if you don't know who Gabe Newell is, he's kind of like the brainchild of Steam and Valve. Um, you know, so if you're a gamer, uh, Gabe this is uh, definitely the car to cheer for. Yeah, yeah, for real. It's almost like being sponsored by Microsoft or uh, or uh, Sony or PlayStation, something like that. You know, to a certain extent. And it's also, I mean, he's been around forever. I mean, almost like ten years, so even more than that too. With uh, with Alex Job to start with uh, in uh, the Porsches. So, 
yeah, I, I've always, you know, and they're a fan favorite because it's a, it's a great cause too. So harder racing is always a good thing. I will say though, that I will take the other Aston Martin in the pro category by a, uh, not even close, uh, nine, number 95. We'll get, we'll get to into them soon. Uh, but we'll keep moving it along here. Uh, next up is an Audi, uh, number 25 Audi team, uh, sport team, Centerlock, uh, Lucas, uh, Leglaire, uh, Le- Legert, uh, Patrick Niederhauser and Christopher Meese. Yeah, so Lucas Legere, I believe, is the silver. Um, he's been with Santalock for as long as I can remember. Uh, he's the weak link. Nah, that's to put it bluntly. Uh, Patrick Niederhauser uh, is a deck GT regular. I think got Christopher Meese. Obviously, Christopher Meese is kind of like in a. He's very big enough. He likes to go to Australia a lot. You haven't really seen him. in the past. You haven't seen him around in in Europe as much, because he'll do, like, a ta- Australian GP full-time, obviously, with the recent situation um, until now. That wasn't really possible before, so we could see him a lot more in Europe. But still, uh, apart from Lucas Legere, uh, both very capable drivers, um, hopefully. Uh, uh, and they also got, like, a sort of special livery going on, sort of like a camo sort of sort of, sort of deal. And I believe this uh, this is one of the teams that they ch- chose to represent Audi for IGTC points. So uh, they should probably, hopefully they'll do Audi well. Yeah, decent lineup too. Um, I hope this next one does well too uh, for them. It's got a good lineup. Number 32, Audi Sport Team, WRT, Dries Van Thor, Kevin Van der Linde, and Charlie Wirtz, uh, Wirtz uh, driving an Audi R8 LMS. This is a great lineup. Stacked. Put it on the board. Stack counter. This is all. This is for an Audi lineup. This is probably as good as you can get. Because Dries Vantor and Charles Wirtz are absolutely running the table right now in the in the Sprint Cup portion of the championship. I believe they swept both races at Misano just a couple of weeks ago, July Fourth weekend, to improve their championship lead. Over, uh, I believe it was the 88 uh, after this ASP team Mercedes. And it, they're, the, the, the pairing of words and Van Tour is just really good. I believe that was the, they did ADAC GT last year together as well, and that led to some success. Uh, and also Kellen Vanderland, DTM driver, you know, more infamously known for the Liam Lawson incident, but that doesn't take away the fact that he could be a very quick driver mm-hmm. in your lineup. And trust, and if you want a quick guy, uh, you would rather have someone like Kelvin Vandalin in your in your stable. He's he's good. Yeah, this is yeah, it's this is going to be up there, uh, unbelievably rock solid lineup here, and it's a uh, it's team WRT. I mean, you can't really go wrong with them. They're our legendary squad, so. Uh, we got another one coming up from them, but before we get to them, we'll go to Jota. Uh, they got a McLaren 720SCT3. This is going to be driven by Rob Bell, uh, Oliver Wilkinson, and Marvin Kirschhofer, number 38. The mighty Jota, number 38, as we kept hearing at Le Mans. Yeah, so, so Rob Bell has been around with McLaren for a very long time. Um, uh, I, I've never really seen Rob Bell outside of McLaren before. I don't know, it <laughs> yeah. never happens. I don't even. Um, he probably doesn't even drive anything other than McLarens in his personal life either. He just he <laughs> will not be seen in anything other than a McLaren. 
Uh, now you got Oliver Wilkinson, uh, which uh, I think it was Magni Coeur uh, this year in the sprint round where he got involved in an accident on the Friday, and they had to pull out completely uh, out of the entire round. And he might have also been the one uh, last year to put it in the trees at Brant's Hatch. So he's, uh, he's adding up the repair bills quite extensively for the Jota Sport team, so I don't expect this to do too well, even though with, you, got, you got Rob Bell and also uh, Marvin Kirchhofer, who's been more recently known for racing uh, McLarens. Uh, but also, uh, he did uh, Corvettes last year with ADAC 2 Team Masters. Uh, so, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully, I want to see him do well because it's awesome seeing uh, WEC teams uh, compete in races such as this with Oliver Wilkinson behind the wheel. I don't think it's going to get as far as people hope it would be. Yeah, and... Probably speaking of that, potentially this is what's going to be happening with the number 46 entry or next on the list. Uh, that's a hint for the famous driver in this lineup. Uh, it's an Audi sport team, WRT, Audi R8 LMS going to be uh, operating. This is uh, driver lineup is Frederick Vervich, Nico Muller, and uh, Valentino Rossi, a little known uh, guy on a two-wheeler. Uh, making his uh, little, little bit more venture, a little dipping some more toes in four-wheelers. And uh, given the spot twenty four shot, how do you think this lineup's going to do, Chris? I think um, just from a marketing perspective, uh, I think it's absolutely fantastic that Valentino Rossi is here because um, obviously, even if they don't follow sports car racing, even if they don't follow motorsport as extensively, chances are you've probably heard of the name Valentino Rossi. Even NASCAR fans here kind of, you know if they follow just a, a crumble of international sports knows who he is. Um, so, so hopefully he does well. Uh, he did make some mistakes along the way. Let's not act like he's a perfect success story, even though he had, he has some successes with Ferrari in the Gulf 12 hours. That's nearly not the level of competition as GT world challenge. Yep. Uh, Amila, he had, uh, he missed his pit stop, I believe. Um, he was on pit road and basically this is stall. Uh, Magdi Core, he had some incidents. Uh, Zandvoort, uh, he was kind of driving off the road. So hopefully Spa, he can get his act shaped up. Um, obviously, if Frederick Berbiche, uh and Nico Mueller, very talented drivers, Nick, uh, Nick, uh, Nico Mueller being a DTM driver after all. Um, so uh, hopefully we'll see. Uh, I want to see him do well. But I don't think it's going to be as, uh, I don't think it's going to be the top Audi lineup. Interesting. Yeah, I I would also tend to agree with that too. Um, and, you know, it's it, this is definitely going to be, people are going to be asking where the 46 is a lot and it's going to garner some good interest. But um, I would be surprised if this is uh, the leading Audi of the, of the pair. Actually, I'd be shocked if that was the leading Audi of the pair by uh, halfway or near the end. So, but hopefully they make it to the end. And honestly, if they have a good finish, that's going to do nothing but good things for sports car racing and Valentino Rossi fans. So um, I wouldn't mind supporting that. So uh, next on the list, we go from uh, a highly, I'm not going to say he's like super loved and, and this next guy isn't in this lineup, but uh, there's definitely been some more attention on Lawrence Van Thor since the uh, Nürburgring 24 and that uh, incident with his brother. 
the ne- this lineup, obviously, if it's Lawrence Van Thor, it's going to be the Porsche. Uh, this is the KCMG racing uh, number 47. Uh, Dennis Olsen, Nick Tandy, and Lawrence Van Thor in this lineup. This is a pretty good Porsche lineup there, Chris. Yeah. Uh, KCMG, obviously, kind of dipping their toes. Uh, they braced number 24 early this year, some NLS rounds. Also, Daytona with a very exciting finish, a fast Porsche. Um, I do have to say, I wonder um, if, if I, I wonder if they're going to do more IGTC races this year because they haven't, they didn't do Spa, I mean uh, Bathurst. And the next two rounds after this are going to be the Indianapolis 8-hour and the Kailami 9-hour. Um and ho- ho- so hope- hopefully we see those uh, races get uh, enlightened by KCMG because KCMG is too good of a team to just not see race all the time. I really love this team. It's a great, it's a great team, great lineup. Uh, KCMG have been around forever too, uh, and yeah, we'll see how they do. Um, yeah, it, Nick Tandy, yeah, yeah. Porsche. <laughs> you, we didn't I mean, even Nick talk Tan- about Nick Tandy. Yeah, Nick Tandy. <laughs> Corvette driver, obviously there's no conflict of interest in this in this race, so he can still race for his old manufacturer. People are still wondering got, how Corvette won uh, Weck Monza, uh, that last stint where yeah. basically he kept up with them but saved saved fuel all the time. So yeah. Uh there you know, Nick Tandy's riding a high too, so uh, good to see him back at a Porsche. That's gonna be fun. Hopefully Hopefully it'll be a lot better than their. Uh, if I if I remember correctly, their Spa twenty or never going twenty four because I think they got involved in an accident towards the end uh, or the beginning of the uh, dot in their hoe. So ho- hopefully, hopefully they'll have much better luck this time around. Absolutely. You know what? Let's. Uh, why don't you do the next one? Uh, number fifty on this list. Uh, Car number uh, number fifty, I should say. Yeah, so we'll have the. Number 50, the name on, on the entry list is going to say Rover Racing, but in reality, it's the BMW Junior Team. Uh, Neil Verhagen, Max Hesse, and Daniel Harper. This is the same lineup for Batum that races in the Nürburgring 24 in the NLS rounds for the BMW Junior Team. It's a dark blue, uh, I think it's a Deutsche Bank sponsorship. Mm. I, I could be wrong on that, but it's definitely a dark blue base. Uh, Neil Verhagen used to be a former Red Bull Junior actually for anyone who is uh american he used to have a formula series career but now he's most likely doing much better uh being a bmw junior um than max hesse and daniel harper uh, and and, tr- and they even won uh one of the qualifying races for the number 24 this year so it's definitely not a bad lineup and they're up and coming stars too so if they're this good right now just think of how good they can be later on in their careers yeah, and even saying with this lineup, uh, you know, has got some talent that you know they're the uh, let's say not the non-junior or the uh, legends of pro uh, lineup for the BMW uh, number ninety-eight Ro- uh, Rover Racing. That one's pretty good too. We'll we'll talk about that soon. But first, we got to talk about a uh, I would say pretty pretty decently stacked uh, Ferrari four eight eight following the Rover Racing number fifty. It's the number fifty-one Iron Lynx uh, Ferrari Miguel Molina. Nicholas Nielsen and James Collado are piloting this car. That's a pretty good, pretty good Ferrari lineup. 
and they got the, one of the former winners, uh, mm-hmm. a reigning winners actually from last year's spot, 24, Nicholas Nielsen in that car. Uh, he was very impressive last year. Obviously, Miguel Molina, he can't, you know, he can't be not within the conversation as well. James Collado, I'm going to say it, he's the weaker this, this, of this driver lineup, in my opinion. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> and that's not necessarily that he's terrible or anything like that either, but... Uh... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know, and plus, you know, if you don't know the meme by now, usually if someone complains about BOP, it's usually him. <laughs> so it kind of sours a lot of people's opinions. Collado B.O.P.O. Uh, gotcha. Well, you know what? Uh, we've got another Iron Links to to dive into. And likewise, with the few other ones that I've been talking about earlier, that one looks even better than this one. So, uh, But yeah, the decent lineup here for Iron Links. But like I said, I, I like the other one better. We'll talk about that soon. Number 54. This is a Porsche 911. Uh, Dynamic Motorsport. Klaus Bachler. Uh, Colm Le- uh, Legolar and uh, Thomas Printing. Pretty quick. Yep. Um, so the original lineup was going to be Klaus Backler, Colm Legolar, and um, Matteo Cairoli. But unfortunately, Cairoli came down with a little case of COVID. So unfortunately, can't participate and got replaced by Thomas Printing, which is a uh, Team 75 Bernard driver for DTM. Won a race at Norris Ring earlier this year. Yep. Very good driver. Komen uh, Ledegar was also part of the uh, winning team last year for the Spa 24 in the Ferrari. So Komen Ledegar, I noticed, he, he likes to switch around manufacturers a lot. He does a lot of Porsche. He did a lot of Porsche Carrera stu- Cup stuff back a few years back. He won the GT World Challenge Championship years ago with Shane Van Gisbergen. And, uh, maybe Rob Bell. I can't remember the third guy's name with McLaren. Um, and then he does Porsche stuff and Ferrari stuff. He's kind of a jack of all manufacturers, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, then we got Klaus Backler, which he has been with Dynamic for at least the last couple of years now, being part of a couple of their winning races in the past at Monza and the Nürburgring. Uh, so yeah, this is, I think, could be a very strong contender for the Porsche team. Um, obviously, we've only been through, what, two Porsches so far in the mm-hmm. pro lineup. That's KCMG. So I hope, but we'll have to see. I mean, Porsche is definitely not letting, uh, not letting any stones go unturned in their chances of a win here. They always seem to do that too. And most of the driver lineups, if there is some weaker, they, like a weaker spot within it, there's almost a reason for it, and the other lineups make up for it or something like that. It's this is a solid. I mean, I'm looking at some of the other ones that we're going to be talking about. Um, I might pick those more, but I, honestly, if they weren't there, this is a fantastic lineup for what we've already looked at from the other uh, manufacturers. So, like you said, Porsche, just knowing how to pair drivers, I think, to the fullest, and we haven't even gotten to their best drivers yet. So, next on the list is a Mercedes-AMG GT3. Uh, this is a fantastic Mercedes number 55 AMG team, Group M Racing, Mauro Engel, Mikkel Greiner, and uh, Maximilian Buch. Yes, I see Group M uh, come back into international endurance racing. Uh, they have to have the DTM team that Marl Engel currently competes with. Um, I don't. Mikhail Grenier is actually, uh, at least for the past couple of races, he's usually, usually seen the Sun Energy One. So nice to see him uh, in a full pro class. I don't. I think he is a pretty competent driver, in my opinion. 
And then you got, you got Maximilian Fuch, uh, another Maximilian who's very good in the Mercedes GT3 <laughs> car. Um, it kind of makes sense because I believe Maximilian Fuch raced with Group M uh, when G- GP World Challenge Asia um, before COVID was alive and kicking. Uh, so it's that kind of kind of like a, a reunion of sorts. And this car is kind of interesting. It's kind of, uh, I want to say it's a purplish uh, base with like some orange and red highlights on it. Or I think I think it's an orange base. But anyway, it's a very unique looking car. And something you can easily tell apart from the rest of the cars on the grid. I think it's going to be a... Uh, I think this is going to be a hot car to watch. Not maybe not in terms of maybe doing well, but you know, in terms of what delivery looks like. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll give stop points away. No uh, no worries over here. Uh, next on the list, we got number sixty three. Uh, this is Lamborghini Huracan, Emil Frey Racing, another one of that stable. Uh, in that stable, I should say, Jack Aiken, uh, Albert Costa, uh, Costa, and uh, Mirko Bordalotti, or Bordalotti, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, another. I would say another good ML Frey lineup. Uh, ML Frey, um, trying to think here. One of the Jack Aiken races for their ADAC GT team full time. Uh, this is actually the actually the, the full season lineup for their GT World Challenge Endurance Cup efforts as well. Um, Albert Costa, he's been with this team for a little bit, I would say. Um, and he's not too shabby either, but Marco Bertolotti, that's a great person to have on your team. He's also the other uh, driver that got named by Lamborghini for their hypercar program um, just a week or so ago. So I, I would say this is probably the strongest ML Frey lineup we have. Uh, it's, that's, not a, that's not a bad claim to make. This is a great lineup, and uh, definitely... Yeah, like I said, I would say one of the better Lambo lineups that we have right now. Um, well, last one we were going to talk about, but it's definitely up there for the pro category. And, and we can't forget to mention that Jack Aitken was involved in that terrible crash last year at Eurouge um, that put him in the hospital. Um, uh, thankfully, he's made what looks like a full recovery. He's back racing full time, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, unfortunately, it probably really hurt his Formula One chances because if you remember 2020, he was racing a Formula One car, at least for one race, mm-hmm. um, um, and doing Formula Two, I think. Um, but at least he has, he's doing some racing full time. It's not Formula One, but I would, I think he's being paid and that's all that matters in the world of racing. If you're getting paid doing what you love. Exactly. It's better than a bad day at the office, isn't it? hundred <laughs> um, percent. And we're gonna have to wait and see how how this car does. Next car on the lineup is a Tepto Racing. Uh, it's the '66 car. You got Ricardo Feller, last year's uh, ADAC GT Masters champion. Marcus Winkelhoff. You can't break the Winkelhoff. Um, <laughs> Antonio Froco. Oh, I mean, Dennis Marshall. I was reading wrong about Dennis Marshall. Um, interesting. Um, Ricardo Feller um, is is definitely in comparing. If you're comparing to recent results, I would say that it's the strongest because the dudes are very quick. Uh, Bathurst 12 hour really proved that. I think he might have got pole or he got very close to it. Um, but uh, 
trust me. I think Ricardo, if Ricardo's, Ricardo Feller's in the car, uh, he's going to be the one to watch, especially in the timing screen, because he can light up those lap times. Definitely, I need to take note of him, for sure. And uh, and again, like this is another uh, very solid Audi lineup. Um, maybe not the the best that I would say, but it's definitely capable of of finning, finishing up there. Um, and hey, who knows? Uh, next up for let's see, we got another Ferrari up on the list. The last Ferrari we're going to talk about today, number seventy one Iron Links. This is De- uh, David Regon, Daniel Sarah, and Antonio Fuoco. This is a fantastically solid lineup. Holy crap! Yeah, David Regan, I believe, does the, the AF course of the WC team. Daniel Serra as well. Antonio Fuoco is a guy that's uh, he's a little bit aggressive, isn't he? Because he, he, if you remember, he did win the Spot 24 with uh, Chetelar Racing, but he uh, went on the inside, I believe, of a BMW. I uh, can't remember which BMW it was um, in, uh, in C-Ring, but he kind of took out the BMW. And, but then he's you know, still won, even after, I believe, even before they crashed in turn one and had some wing damage. Um, and, and, but Antonio Foco is a beast behind the wheel and basically made up all those spots in Sebring. And Daniel Serra, of course, um, been with Ferrari for a very long time now. He, he, and and D- D- David Ragon, the words can't speak how much he's good in, in Ferraris. I'm going to say this. I don't know. I think this might be the strongest Ferrari lineup we have. Uh, yeah, I would. I, I, I think there's you can make an argument with the 51, but I would say this is this is my this is my pick for for Ferrari's best. So, yeah, I the the, the lineup for this one, especially like they're they're just fantastic. Yeah, Fuoco's definitely got some aggression, but uh, they're all just so bloody quick. So uh, I, I like this a lot and uh, we'll see how Iron Lynx does. Uh, number 74 is up next, e, uh, EMA Motorsport. It's a Porsche 911. Matt Campbell driving with Matt, Matteo Gemini and Philippe Nazar. This is a fantastic lineup, too. And it's in a Porsche. Go figure. And for those who don't remember, um, this is the same team that had a McLaren a couple years back. Uh, it's an Australian team. Um, and I can't remember who the car is actually being ran by. Um but yeah, Matt Campbell and Matteo Gemini, both absolutely fantastic Porsche drivers. Then obviously the new guy added to the staple, uh, Felipe Nazar. Um, some people are saying, because EMA, EMA Motorsport's not really a household name in sports car racing. Nobody really knows what it is. They usually uh, keep themselves in Porsche Crick of Australia, but then they're making a huge move over the spa um, with this Porsche. And it's probably the strongest Porsche lineup we have. Ooh. Potentially. Ooh. I mean, Gemini and Campbell are really good. Yes. And oh, yeah. Felipe I... Nasser proves that he can be a good one behind the wheel as well. It's either this or the 221, or the 22-1, but uh, we'll talk about that. Oh, uh, yeah. I completely forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, so man, I don't know. Porsche lineup so far. So far. That's what I'm saying. I was like, this, is, it's close. And that's what I'm saying. Like, just look at this lineup. And I'm like, we haven't even talked about GPX yet. And uh, this is one that you could easily make a claim if GPX wasn't, you know, involved that this is easily the best lineup, you know, for Porsche. And if not, uh, one of the better lineups for the race. But, uh, yeah, I this is solid. I mean, 
one of the better Porsches, <laughs> which is again crazy for me to say because we got other makes, we got other uh, you know teams and whatnot, but these Porsches really know how to stack their lineups really well. So, um, but yeah, let's move on and we'll we'll get to those other ones. Mercedes AMG TT3 uh, number eighty eight. This is the AMG team. Uh, uh, Acotis uh, ASA uh, ASP Racing. Uh, Rafael. Uh, Marcello, uh, Daniel Juncadella, and Jules Gognon uh, driving that Mercedes. It's a pretty good, pretty good one, uh, Chris. How does this fare against the other two Mercedes? I probably take the fifty-five, maybe. Uh, or no, I probably take the two. No, uh, honestly, I would choose the eighty-eight. Uh, Marcello is a god in a Mercedes. Uh, Sprint Cup uh, proves that. Uh, I believe. Um, trying to think here in sprint cup i know asp uh is kind of um chasing audi for the championship uh marcello and uh gunan are in different cars uh because i think you have to have a platinum and a gold um for the driver lamp in that championship but for in this series um for endurance cup i believe they race together and they're pretty. It's a pretty strong lineup. Um, you know, Cadella. Obviously, he does race Mercedes in ADAC GP Masters. Um, Gunan, he's a god in anything he touches. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. he also uh, he also used to race uh, Bentleys as well as Corvettes, I think, in ADAC. And, and so, yeah, it's it's a it's, this is gonna be a tough lineup to beat. Looking down the line, this is. This is a fact. I am stating this is a fact. The strongest Mercedes lineup in this race. <laughs> yeah, man. It is looking at the 55 and 2. It's That is something to say, too. But you know what? You make a great case for it. I don't know if you've convinced me fully yet, but those, like the Mercedes and the Porsches and that Ferrari, too, like they've got some, like, holy crap moments with some of their lineups. So, yeah, you know what? I can buy it. Number 88 is going to be up there. Um, we've got four more, four more, Chris, 90, the number 95 is up next. This is a Aston Martin Vantage AMR, uh, Beach Dean, AMR racing, Maxime Martin, uh, Marco Sorensen and Nikki team. Uh, what, what could you possibly say with that lineup there, Chris? <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> they're all right. Maxime Martin, uh, raced is racing with Heart of Racing in IMSA and GTD. Uh, I believe they got a win, I want to say. And they got Marco Sorensen and Nikki Team making up the Dan train. Um, Nikki Team, actually, was racing Lamborghinis earlier this year in DTM until know, some sponsor trouble hit, and now they're not racing DTM anymore. Hmm. And Definitely one of the stronger uh, Aston lineups. I do want Heart of Racing to do well because, you know, American bias. But I, I don't know. It's nice to see sort of a WEC-esque driver lineup because you would probably see this in WEC. Mm-hmm. It, it, actually, I, I believe this was a WEC driver lineup, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I was, I was just yeah. about to mention that, too. Uh, it is a very familiar driver lineup if uh, for any of you WEC or Lamar fans, for sure. Yeah. It's all have to wait and see how Beach Dean Asset Martin Racing comes along. 
obviously with free practice, just, uh, how long is it? Five. Seven hours away? Yeah, I was going to say, it's we're either five or six see. hours. It's going to be close. Yeah. Uh, next up is Rover Racing, the real Rover Racing, number 98. You have Augusto Farkas, Nicholas Gellily, Nikki Katzberg. Great lineup. Great BMW lineup, too. Just a bunch of BMW good guys. What about uh, Nicholas? Tell me a little bit more about him. Uh, he he used to race, I believe, some Porsche Cup back in the day. He's also the Aston Martin test driver, I think, or the sim racing driver for their Formula One program. Um, but yeah, Yellow Lee, I can't. I, he used to race. I know he raced Porsche Cups before, uh, and now he is with uh, the the BMW program. Final two, we've got our Porsches. Uh, I'll let you take the final one uh, because that one's definitely going <laughs> to... It's going to be a looker itself. I'll take this one. Uh, this is the car number 100, uh, Porsche 911 GT3, uh, Tokesport WRT. Uh, Julian Andlauer, Marvin uh, Dienst, and Sven Muller. Solid lineup. Yeah, it's, it's very solid. Uh, Talksport making their GT3 debut last year. For anyone who doesn't know, Talksport's mainly a rally team. Uh, hence the WRT, it stands for World Rally Team, mm-hmm. as they have a bunch of uh, Rally 2 cars that compete with that the go, goes along with the World Rally Championship. Um, Julian Anlauer, very good shout. Marvin Deans, I think it's just a talk sport guy in general, because they he races for talk sport in Prototype Cup Germany, uh, and does a pretty good job doing it. I think he's leading the championship in that one. And then he got Sven Mueller, who has been around Porsche for a long time. Very sturdy lineup. Uh, it's kind of this. Uh, it kind of looks cool. It's kind of like a grayish, um, a, a, a grayish to black uh, livery on the car. So it's going to be interesting to see how it does. Um, although the, the next one's the talk of the town. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's why I wanted to let you take that one. Yeah, number two, two, one. The final car on the Angelus GPX Martini Racing: Kevin Estra, Michael Christensen. And Richard Bleets. That's like that's that's a WEC lineup. Yep, that one too. Exactly and it, the same. And and for those who haven't seen the pics yet, please do so. Uh, it's it's a very retro livery. Uh, they got the two two one and sort of you know like old and like if you look at old pictures of sports cars, they'll have basically a a circle uh, with a white background on it, and then they'll put the number there. That's what they have for the Porsche on the front and back of the car. Uh, very, very awesome, unique retro look, and of course, it's martini colors. Although they can't have, I think this, I think there's martini on the car. Let's, no, they got martini. Yeah, they got I martini. I think France rules for a second. Oh yeah, where they can't. Yeah, um, no, they're cool here. It's it's an uh, awesome livery. It's very awesome, and it's definitely one of the big contenders. Yeah, might as well throw slap that livery on some something that probably might have a good shot to win, and this one is definitely going to be up there. Well, you know what? Because we ended on this one, um, and we've done it with all the other categories, uh, Chris. Let's uh, let's try to find the top three, or g- g- give me three cars that you expect to potentially have uh, or a good shot to win. Because I, I think you could probably make a case for half of these cars to really maybe see themselves at the front. But who do you think? Uh, like, what what are the three entries here that you could see easily uh, being at the front? No questions asked. Eighty-eight. 71 sticks. Okay. Okay. So we got, we got a, we got a Lambo, uh, Mercedes and a Ferrari. 
Okay. Okay. Now, honestly, that's uh, like, you can't go wrong there. <laughs> and then, the, you know, and what is even crazy is that, you know, like, um, just the immediate reaction to that is just like, I can think about four or five other ones of like, okay, well then why not this one? You know, like where was, so why'd you go that and then not go with the, you know, with a Porsche, uh, with those lineups too. Honestly, uh, this is fantastic, uh, in terms of what we should have in the, at the top of the category or the top of the class, uh, competing. Um, and I mean, hopefully we don't have too many mechanical gremlins or anything like that. So we get as many, uh, uh I don't know, as, as many cars as in, uh, I would say at the front or competing at the front as we possibly can. So honestly, it should be a really good race. Chris, do you have any other, uh, info for us before we, uh, before we head out. Yeah. So, uh, track action, uh, racing starts on Friday, um, with support series. So we got a lot of racing. So you got the French Formula four championship, which will be on the FFSA Academy, YouTube or Facebook pages, uh, formula regional, uh, European championship, which those will be streamed on their YouTube page. Uh, GT world will, uh, our super trofeo. will have the Lamborghini super trofeo Europe races. And then GT World should have uh, the GT4 European Series, which has about like 55 entries. Uh, very, very strong lineup. Uh, also, but the biggest talk of the town for support races is definitely the uh, the, the historic car mm-hmm. race. Um, it's, I think it's called the SRO GT 30th Anniversary thing, sort of thing. Let's walk through some of the cars during it. They're racing. Two 60-minute races. Aston Martin DBR9. The sounds. The sounds. <laughs> Basically, they got GT1, GT2, and GT3 cars. And, I, and when I talk GT2, I don't mean SRO GT2. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, actual GT2. Uh, Vantage GT3 2012. Uh, then they have 2013, 2014 Audi R8 LMSs. A Lamborghini Merchalagos. Um, Porsche 996 GT3 Maserati MC12. There's like there's like three of them. Or yeah, there's like three. A Dodge Viper, uh, a 2011 Mercedes Benz GT3 car, 2013 Gallardo, um, 2010 Chevrolet Corvette, uh, a Ferrari F430. Uh, and the, and and then that and that and there's there's like 28 cars in total. And it's just a great variety of cars. So if if you're if you're, if you're uh, no matter where you are in the world, if you have time, definitely check out this event if you're a fan of historic GT racing. Yeah, I mean, even just from the buzz beforehand, um, you know, even a lot of the the writers and uh, and journalists too that are just you know uh, buzzing about this, and uh, well, I mean for good reason. It's a lot of just really classic cars, uh, great sounds, uh, really just brings back a lot of good memories of. Uh, Early knots uh, racing or Spot Twenty Four racing at Spot Twenty at the Spot Franker Shop. So definitely going to be a cool addition to see. And uh, if I can't catch it live, I'll be watching the uh, the replays for sure. Um, and, and then uh, for the main race, live uh, Ferrari um, for the main race, the full coverage should be found on the GT World YouTube channel. Fingers crossed, that's free worldwide. Unfortunately, since it's the biggest race on the calendar, some TV right, you know, shenanigans could come to factor. Uh, so, unfortunately for Americans, be on the lookout. If you don't see the live stream come race day uh, on YouTube, unfortunately, Motor Trend uh, Plus uh, would have the race in 
you can get a free trial for it. It's just sucky that you can't just go to YouTube to watch it. Uh, nice if thing. that's the case, but as of right now, it's on YouTube. And nice that's thing with that too is, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's annoying to have to pay the subscription, but it's not it's not a crazy amount either if you want to do it that route uh, too. But yeah, fingers crossed that we don't have to worry too much about that, and we got some uh, open streaming availability for um, you all and ourselves. So uh, <clears throat> uh, stuff that we might not have mentioned to before. Uh, because the the music's playing, uh, the edit music kit is playing uh, to get us out of here. But um, there's some extra like quick rules and stuff like that in terms of pit stops. Um, Nurburgring's a little bit similar to that too. So if you do see like uh, it, you know cars and pits and that kind of stuff, yeah, don't expect to be like Imster WC where um, they're they're going immediately as soon as the car drops. Uh, you know, so there is some of that still at play here. But uh, for the most part, yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty pretty typical 24-hour race but you'll just see that the uh the excitement is ramped up to 11 pretty much from the drop of the flag all the way to 24 hours so uh yeah i'm i'm unbelievably excited chris do you have any last thoughts for us as we uh we get ready for this uh endurance classic here in 2022 well, i i think uh i think that that'd be it uh, we're for a very exciting race lots of great driver lineups and teams to look to see how they do and hopefully we just don't see a bunch of uh we see a lot of green flag racing. Yeah, uh, that's really all we hope for. Yeah, we, we've we've had a, quite a bit of quite a number of accidents the last few years. Uh, it's, it would be nice to 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 get through one without a serious one where somebody's not in the hospital. So, um, you know, fingers crossed with that. And obviously, with the new track changes, uh, hopefully that'll make it a little bit more safer. So, uh, on behalf of everybody here at Endurance Chat, Chris, uh, yourself as well, uh, this Cook Master Fell Austin. Um, enjoy the race, guys. Enjoy Spot Twenty Four. We'll be back to start talking about other stuff. Uh, uh, in the next couple of weeks, but uh, stay tuned and have fun. Got some?